it's it's time. It's time. I think you gave me the thing, but I can't see you today, which is funny because I have on glasses. Uh, but welcome, everybody, to yet another edition. We're getting really close to the holiday season, so it's almost like a holiday edition of Weekly Games Chat. This is episode 335. My name is Sean, <laughs> and the chat is already blowing up. Uh, we've already got John talking smack to a viewer. Uh, we've got a known Auburn fan saying cuss words. Um, all kind of stuff happens. We'll get to that in just a minute. But once again, my name is Sean. Thank you for listening. However you got here, we appreciate it. Uh, John, your background looks lovely today. I've been wanting to tell you that since I saw you on camera for the first time. It's almost like it's a desktop wallpaper green screen. That's how good it looks. So welcome. I hope you're doing very well, buddy. <laughs> your we arms fine. disappearing. You're like, it is. It's completely, it's completely fake. Yeah, we went to get the, um, we went to, after, after Saturday night's game, uh, Clarissa said, do you want to go get a tree? And I'm like, no, <laughs> but we did. We went and got this tree. We got it set up Sunday night and it's all pretty. And um, Chris says it helps with the lighting in my room. So that's good. Is Chris the light guy now too? Apparently so. Production guy. <clears throat> Apparently so. Speaking of Chris, we are talking about him in front of his face. What's up, buddy? Your Captain America shirt. It's one of my faves that you have. How you doing? How am I doing? Yeah. <sighs> oh, I, dude, I'm so mad right now. I'm, I'm doing great. Yeah. Um. Why, why are you doing great, Chris? Because Roll died. Oh, my God. Yeah. So if you... <laughs> If you not follow so the show, <laughs> if you follow this show, I, John, I'm not, it's not the time or place to do it, but I mean, I don't care, I, man. No, I, I'm not made that way. I told you that before anyway, but a, a game did happen. Chris has let it off. Uh, the l- people who listen to the show know that Chris and I root for, <clears throat> in terms of college football, we root for Alabama. You root for Georgia. That game happened. Um I didn't get even a chance to watch the game live because I was DJing, making DJ money. Cue the horn. <laughs> um, but Chris was hanging out with our, our good friend Jeff, who's, you know, of course, been on the show, and they were having a good time. Oh, uh, did yeah. you guys get to go, John? I can't remember if you went up to the game. No? Well, we, we were going to go, but uh, Aiden said he didn't want to. So nice. it would have it been, been like a Christmas present to him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and under the circumstances, you know, I don't, I don't know that I would have enjoyed that <clears throat> all yeah, that much. It, it would have been funny. The dichotomy <laughs> between us three and watching the show would have been, it would have been a real different kind of perspective. If we would have put cameras, say, in your house or cameras on like Chris or me as I'm watching ESPN load slowly to things that are happening. Uh, yeah, it was crazy. I was DJing a wedding, though, and it was funny because you could tell people came in from the ceremony rather quick and it was a lot of family. And I, I had, I had the knowledge beforehand that the, the groom um, was an Alabama fan. So, and, and this happened because they, something happened from an emergency standpoint they got in touch with me and they said, do you happen to have this date open? I said, I happen to yes, have the date open. And then I, as I got to find out more and more about the ceremony, it was going to start at kickoff. And I said, you know, what's funny because we got to talking about what to expect and post COVID and all that stuff. And I said, um, I've, I've, weddings are starting to kind of not open back up like they used to be, but people still find ways to leave quickly. 
um, they don't want to hang around because they're normally in closed environments. And I said, <clears throat> this one's going to be even more difficult because I don't know if you know this, but in the South, a lot of people watch college football in the Southern United States. And, and there happens to be some pretty good games that day, championship games. And one of them being the SEC championship. And I kind of hear a chuckle <laughs> and I go, all right. I said, I got to tell you right now, it's going to be on my mind too. I'm not going to ruin your <clears throat> wedding, but I'm a, I'm a pretty big Alabama fan. And he said, you know, hey, hey, brother, something like that. And so I was like, that's cool. Say all that because flash forward, people are getting their pictures taken. As soon as they sit down, I see their phones come up. <laughs> and I'm like, huh, I'm starting to be detective guy. And then you hear a couple of very subtle claps. And I'm thinking, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's going for who yet. I'm trying to look at our chat that I have with Chris. I'm looking at ESPN. And it's not going to report like a sack or a big play in the same manner as somebody watching it. Anyway, eventually, as the alcohol set in, you started hearing some woohoos and some roll tides, and I was like, okay, this is how this is going. But uh, apparently, from from our seat, our vantage point, it was a great game. From your vantage point, John, not a great game. Regardless, I still absolutely loved um, that that we got to play in that game. I love the buildup that this show got to do, and it kind of leads me into the next thing. So if you if you follow college football immediately after the Sunday after the new the, fi- the final rankings for the playoff system the NCAA playoffs for college football it they drop and the matchups are the top four and I'd like to get our early predictions just say who's going to be in the championship game and who you think is going to win the championship game so of course uh, it was number four was Cincinnati Georgia dropped from one to three Michigan. Um, is number two, and then Alabama jump drop. Or I'm sorry, jump from three to one. So one plays four, two plays three. Um, so I'd like to hear what you guys have to think about that, and who you think's how's it going to play out. <clears throat> I mean, don't, don't I, rush to go first. Obviously, I feel good about our chances to go to the final, but I will say, I, I wouldn't sleep on Cincinnati. They have a former Alabama running back as their star running back. And they have arguably the best cornerback in the country. Um, he's like a six-two dude who's probably going to go, you know, top fifteen in next year's draft. So you know that might be the equalizer for uh, Williams since uh, Mechie's out for the rest of the year. But I still think you know uh, it's really hard for me to see them stopping Bryce Young for for four quarters. You know and. I think there our defense seems to be clicking at the right time as well. So I would I would predict that. Um, I don't know who's going to win Michigan Georgia. I mean, traditionally I want to favor Georgia, but Michigan seems like they are they're reminding me a lot of the 2014 Ohio State team that beat us in the first round and went on to win it all, where you just see a team clicking, uh, you know, performing on all cylinders. Their defense is stout and even though they don't have a top tier quarterback, they don't generally turn the ball over and they have about four or five guys that can run really, really well. So they can consistently mix it up. Like they don't just run up the middle. They're running sweeps and, you know, reverses and all these things. And it's, it's a little unorthodox in today's game. So I don't know. And if whoever gets out of that, I'll of course still pick the tide to win it all and be a homer. I don't have a problem saying that. (laughs) But it could uh, go there was w- anyway. 
There was one person I was watching directly after the selection show, mm-hmm. and they said Cincinnati versus Michigan. And I was thinking, are you just trying to be that guy? That's like, I mean, it was it Galloway? Huh? No, huh. it wasn't. No. Hmm. Um, but John, your thoughts, man. I think Georgia has the biggest <clears throat> hurdle to climb to get to the final game. Um, obviously, by design. I think I think they'll. I I don't even. I think the. I think they're favored by seven. At least they yeah. were yesterday, something like that, which is not a lot. It, well, I mean, what was it with Alabama six six point five? I think I think Chris is right. At least in the past few weeks, if you take in if you take a snapshot of the bet of the past few weeks, Michigan's the best team in the country based on mm-hmm. a snapshot of a few of the last two or three games. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think, I think, um, I think, uh, <laughs> I think momentum wise, this is Alabama's to lose. Um, if Georgia doesn't make the proper adjustments against Alabama that it needs to make, I don't know if that's JT Daniels. I don't know. Sounds like it, but you know, I, I'm nervous about the fact that he hasn't taken many snaps in regular season. That's what, that's, that's what I'm concerned about. Um, yeah. I mean, I, honest to God, just to comment on that real quick, I don't think you go to JT Daniels, not with your, your quarterback that got you to this point the whole year. Like, I think the coach, I don't know what the right answer is. Right. I I, but I, I feel like, I don't know, man, that would make sense. I got to say, uh, just, just on an offshoot of this, I don't know if Alabama's like this. I'm not. I'm not enough of a fan of Alabama to to know, but Georgia fans are the worst about cutting Georgia down. They really, they they just really hammer it. I knew it was. I knew we weren't any good. Blah blah blah. I told you Stetson Stetson wasn't any good. I told you. Oh, Kirby's just like Mark. Like I saw this meme that said the Scooby Doo meme. Let's see who this guy really is, and and takes the Kirby smart mask off of Mark Rick, um, because you know we judge the success apparently of Georgia, of <clears throat> of whether they can beat Alabama, mm-hmm. and that just that that is just that's that's just a sucky attitude. I don't I, I just don't like our fans right now. Really, they're really bugging me. Um, I, I they they performed abysmally in that game. They really did. Yeah, I think I think but, I mean if you But if I don't you, think they expected Bryce Young to pass virtually every single snap. They didn't know how to cover that. They were it just it felt like he they did not have a single I'm sure they did, but it was hard to notice a running game mm-hmm. on Alabama's offense. It was it was all it was all Hail Marys. <laughs> it's just like all day long. It's like he's not missing his target. We ran. Right. That, we just didn't run for success. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we didn't run for success, and, we, and and I say we. The I was reading all into the uh, by the coach. You could tell that their game plan was definitely. We had a hurt. We had one running back on scholarship coming into the game, right until game time, and then and then Brian Robinson, who had got hurt against Auburn, he played, but it was everything was limited. Uh, there was some shuffling that was reshuffled for the <laughs> offensive line, but going into the game, they said. And it's one of those games where I used to look at it, and I remember going into like a Clemson game versus Deshaun Watson or Trevor Lawrence, and you think, crap, if it comes down to close game, who's got the better quarterback? Nine times, 9.5 times out of 10, that wins the game. Yeah. And I started thinking, you know, Bryce 
is, I think, better than Stetson. I really do. Um, but yeah, I didn't get to watch it. I watched That's the replay. That's hardly even a controversial statement. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, I, I, you never know. I, I was watching the stats and Stetson Bennett, y'all were up like 10 to nothing or 10 to three. And I'm thinking, here we go. Georgia being fixing to start rocking it. I've watched some Georgia games and I was telling all my friends, I was like, hey, you got to be careful because what Georgia will do is they'll be up 14 to three. You'll have the ball. You'll turn it over. Interception, fumble. Georgia scores right before half. Georgia gets ball at half. Georgia scores again. Next thing you know, 14-point swing, and you're looking at 28-3, and it was just like 10-3 or something like that. It happened the, the opposite here. And in this game, it kind of was a little different, yeah. So yeah. Um, this game, like a, this this game looked looked almost exactly. <laughs> I mean, there you get down into the weeds and say how it's different, but it looked almost exactly like a repeat of the past two or three games we've played. You guys, you know, you take a you take a solid defense this year being the best defense in the country and you can't seem to get your hands on the Alabama quarterback. Mm-hmm. I swear you guys, you guys rub well, butter on them every, before every game it's, he zigzags, slips out of, I mean, how many times did you see some, some defender almost come close to getting Bryce and he just wiggles out of it. It's just insane to me. It's if you, well, it's, it's like, funny the, it's like the skill, it's a skill that, that Saban <laughs> focuses on with his quarterbacks. He teaches them to get out of that thing. You say that, and as Alabama fans, Chris and I are, or that anybody listening that's an Alabama fan, I'm going to say Johnny Manziel. Yeah. I'm going to say Cam Newton. Deshaun now, Watson. Cam, Deshaun Watson. It's like infuriating how, it's, for the longest time, that is simply our Achilles heel. If you got a mobile it, well, quarterback it, who it, has the game of his life as far as his touch on his passes, we're beat. It's weird because it's like, in all honesty, that era is primarily when Kirby was our defensive coordinator. Yeah. And it's like, it, it was kind of strange to me leading up to this week. Cause that's what I thought. I was like, do people just not know the history of Kirby where about his biggest Achilles heel as a defensive coordinator is if he can't get to a quarterback and the quarterback is actually athletic, right. And can throw, you know, it's, it's always been the thing that gives him the biggest fits. And really the only time he ever won against one of those guys was uh, was the first national championship against Deshaun, who then came back and did win it the next year. Yeah, so, like, you know, classic those were all, like, we were top-tier defenses those years, and and that was my one hope. I was like, I, I think if we could just get around the fact that if Bryce could stay up and have enough time and just not make bad decisions, we know that he's got the arm, and... Georgia really didn't see that the whole year, unfortunately. And that's not really a fault on their own. You know, it's like you play the schedule that you get, right? And that's just yeah. what happened to be with them versus, like, there are probably some other teams where I wonder what would have happened if Georgia had to uh, play them. And it might have uh, maybe made people a little bit more aware, like, hey, here are the holes to this team. Possibly. You know? so yeah, I mean, thinking- you can bounce around any stat you want. You yeah. know, and, and and it's valid, but that's just the hinkiness of college football. It's just, yep. yeah, you know, you 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 take you you take the four teams that both of them played, mm-hmm. and you're really confused by this outcome. You know, the layman is, mm-hmm. but you know, Alabama has those explosive plays that Georgia doesn't have. Yeah, they just they can't do that. No, I think I think Alabama's going to beat Cincinnati. I think it's going to be close early. Mm-hmm. Because I do think there is going to be motivation for Cincinnati to prove themselves, and I don't think they're as far off as a program, you know, from the big boys as you as some people who casually watch the sport will think. The Michigan I mean, Georgia game, 
I that one's a toss up for me. Yeah. Because I can see uh you the one thing you didn't mention about Michigan is that they have I saw this a lot and I started looking into it more and it was that they were um <laughs> they were they were unranked and they started they were the only people in the country that locker room believed that they could be great. Mm-hmm. Um and they stumbled against <clears throat> Michigan State. Um, but which they dominated for three quarters. Yeah, they they were the better team, but they end up losing. They get over the hurdle with Ohio State. They win the Big Ten championship, and now they're going against a team that they feel they match up good against. I don't know who's going to win that game. Um, my gut says Georgia's going to find a way to win, but I'm not going to be surprised if Michigan wins either way because of the time that Alabama's going to get to get people back. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not going to have uh, Mechie, uh, number eight, the star receiver. He is out now for his knee. But we might get another guy, JoJo Earl, back, my favorite name on the entire team. And we're going to get some other defensive guys back. Like true starters we've been missing the whole year. Yeah. They're going to be back. So I like, I like, like you said, I think it is Alabama's to lose. That does excite me. I think. Um, Let me ask you a question. Is I'm because I don't, when it comes to the playoffs, is it by design that they give the number one team the easiest hurdle to climb? Typically, well, I mean, when you say easiest, you're Cincinnati. making the assumption that the number I mean, they're four fourth. is, is it, the do, Is that how they match up every it's time? It's always yeah. one, four, okay. two, three. Yeah. yeah. All right. Now, I don't yeah. want you saying that setting up when Cincinnati beats Alabama I or mean, some crap. The big no, thing. no, no. <laughs> Cincinnati, has, Cincinnati has a lot to prove, not just for themselves, but for teams like UCF and others before that, because no, they're this, this is a statement for lower tier teams that say they have something to bring to the conversation instead of, you know, Big Ten SEC drowning out the conversation all year long. I would uh I would tell Alabama fans instead of like, you know, getting hyped up and thinking, oh, it's cakewalk, we're going straight in and go and remember that Georgia played Cincinnati in a New Year's six bowl game like two years ago or something like that. And <clears> Georgia <throat> won that game, but Cincinnati gave them everything, you know, like where it was a thing where, you know, Kirby and the boys had to play a, a tight game to, to finally put it away in the yeah. end. So, you know, I would just tell people I'm like those boys come out there and they don't turn the ball over, you know, and they just take wait for their opportunities, right. And play good defense. They could find themselves victor. But, but John, I don't know if you're like turning into not a football Padawan anymore. Hmm. Because uh, this is a callback, but I one time remember you, um, something about a goal line and the ball. And I still don't understand you. that. <laughs> <laughs> and now you're like Zen master, but I'm digging it. I like I like John in the conversation for football. Right before the show, the other football known as soccer to Americans, I got some pretty awful news. My team that I follow, Tottenham, um, is having a breakout of COVID infections suddenly oh, on sucks. first team players. So thoughts and prayers over there. I know we have some people that listen over the pond and they're not necessarily Tottenham fans, but that just broke. Um, The game awards are this week, ladies and gentlemen. Um, That's a tease. That's all I'm going to (laughs) say about it. Tune in Thursday. Uh, So that'll be whenever you get this podcast tomorrow. Um, And I want to point out, uh, you can't see mine, but I did also point this out. If you're watching us on twitch.tv weekly games chat, you can see John's beautiful Christmas tree right now. We've had ours up. I got a special snowman tree up as well as the regular tree. Um, so that leaves Chris as the only person on the show who hates Christmas and doesn't put a tree up. Bye, humbug. 
Thoughts, prayers, okay. <laughs> uh, and also, um, just want to put it out there that if you haven't already watched it, and if music's your thing, Chris, I think you'll sign off. Sure. Um, the Beatles Get Back, mm-hmm. documentary by Peter Jackson, fantastic. Uh, in, some, in some way, I've joked, and I think it's kind of real. I'm very late to Beatlemania, but I think I'm starting the beginning of my intro into what Beatlemania was. <laughs> There you go. And, start uh, start with the end. <laughs> yeah, starting with the very end. I'm going to work backwards, uh, but it's good stuff. And and today it was kind of cool. I said something to Chris about it, and he promptly was like, oh, yeah? You mean these Beatles? Because I, I think I said, you don't know any Beatles songs, dude, because he's always playing his guitar. He promptly pops out some George Harrison and some other songs. Yeah. And I was like, okay, buddy. I see how it is. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. I like playing Beatles songs because while those dudes are great lyricists and have a fundamental understanding of what makes a good pop song they are not particularly the like most detailed musicians of the era you know they don't you're not trying to play a Jimi hendrix song when you play a beatles song on guitar it's pretty you know standard fare so makes my life a lot easier what i'm (laughs) gathering is part of the brilliance of the beatles Mm -hmm. was not to overcomplicate things paying what time you're talking about yeah, if you go to the White uh, Album, it's pretty complicated, but a different so I, type. I can't, I, I can't wait to go see that because I wanna, I wanna see it. I wanna see what I, I know, like the old Beatles stuff. Yeah, I don't think I'm 60s. quite ever gonna be a true fan on. I don't think. But I don't we'll listen see. to a ton of them. I listen to kind of '64 on. It's usually 64 my period. On, yeah, yeah. But again, very good. It is on Disney Plus. So that's kind of what has consumed me. Uh, Chris, you watched it as soon as it came out. So you already passed it. Was there anything else either you or John watched this week show-wise that you'd like to recommend? Also, Dexter, ladies and gentlemen, is out on Showtime. I watched um, The Last Duel, uh, Ridley Scott's film. Um, And while I don't think it has the greatest pacing because it kind of does this thing where it's three main characters. It's telling each person's versions of the events right and then leads up to the actual duel at the end that duel oh man that's just a reminder just how good Ridley Scott is at directing like a you know medieval or I guess you you know before modern time type combat scene right because Adam Driver and Matt Damon they get at it and it is it's worth the wait for that to go down (laughs) would you watch it on uh streaming can you name the platform chris the internet plex we'll go with that (laughs) right and uh sean i don't know if you heard of that movie but it's i think it's like a based on a true story um very medieval it's like it's like a it's like a kind of a me too story in the in medieval times. Yeah. It's, um, it's like the last, they used to have what would be called formal <laughs> duels. So like, you know, a knight could challenge another knight and it could be sanctioned by a King because they have a disagreement. In this case, Matt Damon accuses Am driver of raping his wife. And the way they sell it is with a duel and the stakes are pretty high because it's either Am driver's going to die. Right. Or if Matt Damon loses, it's not just Matt Damon who's going to die. It's 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 his wife, too, because, you know, then she's guilty of, you know, it's all that religious stuff. It's one is the original one V one me, bro. Yeah. Yeah. Like so. for real. 
And bl- why'd you just who mansplained? Who just mansplained Knight battling? I watched the Knight Tale, Knight's Tale with Heath Ledger. I know what happens. You do not. <laughs> you do not know. <laughs> you young do not Padawan. know. You know Star nothing, John Sm- Snow. <laughs> John Snow, what's up? Uh, yeah, real quick, is that still happening? The prequel, the Game of Thrones prequel. I heard something was being. Canceled. Oh, you're no. So before this current prequel, they had done another prequel that was like set thousands of years before. And they filmed the pilot and then canceled it after they spent oh. like $30 million on it. And that came out this week, <clears throat> which tells you just how much HBO was dedicated to exploring yeah. ideas of game of Thrones. For sure. You guys have anything else for our, our glorious intro on this episode? Anything else you think we're good to go? I think it was a good talk. I think we talked about some fun things and stuff. And we're going to talk about some more fun things. We're going to turn into uh, predictors. Radio Tease. Yo, what's up? Hi. How are you? You made it. However you got here, you made it. Uh, this is the official beginning of Topic Time for episode 335. Come on in. Welcome once again. Uh, I'm going to shut up now, and I'm going to let my boy Chris do what he does and properly introduce this week's Topic Time. Chris? The topic is not Beaver Game. What? <laughs> Son of a biscuit. <laughs> but the topic is... The Game Awards Predictions! Yeah, we're, we're going to be psychics now and predict things a day early. All right. So don't start any conspiracy theories saying we got the hookup, you know, with Jeff Keighley or anybody. We don't know. We know nothing. Okay? You know nothing, Jon Snow. Exactly. We know nothing. We picked, now there are what, like something like 30 categories? Yeah. We picked... 10 and you'll see why we picked the 10 um and and of course we'll kind of explain what they are and who's nominated and and i guess what briefly riff on why we think who's gonna win or just just let it naturally happen you know kind of like when i cuddle with john but we're not gonna start with our like game of the year because that would be like american pie type stuff right what we're gonna go and we're gonna start on our bottom part of the list and um, on mine, it's listed as multiplayer. Is that what you guys have to? Yes. Yes. Chris, you want to explain this category? Sure. Uh, this is for... Deshaun multiplayer. <laughs> <laughs> this is for the best multiplayer game. So those where we're talking about, hey, you play this game online. Doesn't matter how many. But our nominees are Back for Blood, Knockout City, It Takes Two, Monster Hunter Rise and Valheim. 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 Do you remember Valheim came out in 2021 or something? I do remember it came out in 2021. It's crazy. I've I've completely forgotten about that game. I have totally made sure not to forget about that game. That's funny. Um Yeah. So there it is. Back for Blood, Knockout City, it takes two, Monster Hunter, Mm. Monster, and Valheim. 
John, you got a you got a look on your face. Do you want to disclose who you think is going to take home that category? Um, it's it's unfortunately, and I, I don't mean any disrespect by the word unfortunately, but unfortunately, I think it's going to be taken by the the only one in the in the game in in the list that's a that's a not what you would call a multiplayer per se, but a co op game. And I I think it's I think it's going to be it takes two, and that could be I don't know that could be. Um, I think the game is up for a few more awards in in different categories. This might be, um, this might be the compensator. Like you didn't win in any other categories. Here's this, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I think it takes Sue has a good chance of winning in a lot of categories tomorrow. But I yeah, think I was, that's the one it's going to be. I was I was going to actually what you just said. I was going to until you said the last thing. I was going to be like, well, wait till you hear my guesses. Um. But yeah, I, I that's it, that makes sense. Uh, I kind of went back. You. <laughs> yeah, two, <laughs> two things. things. Um, I, I kind of was going back and forth between it takes two or uh, Monster Hunter Rise because I know that just seems like they would pick that game. I don't know why. And I did it's that kind of fallen off a little bit. It has, but um, and Monster Hunter World has still stayed, you know, up yeah. there. I think Monster Hunter World is still more played. Obviously, it's on multi m- multiple platforms, but yeah, it, it it's kind of died down in the conversation. Yeah, but I too, just to kind of get it out the way, I too ch- chose it takes two for this category. And yeah, it's a co op gameplay, but it does have an online experience where you can go and pick anybody in the world to join your game or join theirs if it, they let you. So that's where the multiplayer comes in, and it was it was quite a joy to play this game back in January. Mm-hmm. Is that when we played? Yeah. No, yeah. March. It was very early. Yeah, it was I'm March. I'm going to say January, no matter what. March. <laughs> you're, you're wrong. You know what? You're wrong. Okay. We don't know what you're picking, so I got to say that. Uh, Well, chin shock. Yeah, I agree. I think it will be It Takes Two. I mean, I really can't see uh, Back for Blood, Knockout City, if this was February, I could see Valheim, <laughs> but yeah. it's not yeah. February. But and yeah, really, the only other one I think that could even challenge would be Monster Hunter, and it just seems like the perfect place for. I'm sure if like you're if you're a voter and you're making sure you want to reward this game, it it would make sense to be like, look, this was truly a game built for co-op, right? So here you know by that definition it it should be rewarded as a great multiplayer game i'm, I'm telling you right now spoilers <laughs> mm-hmm. i see a lot of upper other opportunities um for that game so if we move up the list now we have our role-playing category john do you want to highlight the nominees for that one here are your nominees for best <laughs> role-playing game <laughs> read it boy oh. uh cyberpunk 2077 Monster Hunter Rise, Scarlet Nexus, Shin Megami Tensei Five, and Tales of Arise. So, nice. Sean, let's yeah. start with you. Yeah. So you- I, I, it's crazy because I, I kind of I did this thing. Uh, everything I pick, I kind of pick of what I what I think, and then I kind of see it, what I think the game awards are going to go, and then sometimes they match and sometimes they don't. For this one. I don't know why, but my gut tells me, one, you mentioned that, like, they put a game in a category to to give a nod. I think Cyberpunk's in this category for that because 
That's a that's a hot mess, right? How is it up for an award? Even though the experience when you're done is kind of cool, it's a it's meant and built to be a true RPG. Uh, but I gotta be honest, I picked Tales of Arise because I've just seen nothing but good about that game and and how you know it is truly an RPG to every point of its existence. And I got a chance to watch Chris, uh, and we got this kind of in the saddle, but I got a chance to watch Chris play it, and it really sold me on how solid the game appeared to be. Mm-hmm. So that's what I went with. I do love that game. It is very fun. But I would say, as much as I would like to think it would win, I think this is going to be a category where a lot of people go, Monster Hunter, because I yeah, know what I Monster Hunter is, and it's not, you know, <clears throat> it's not shunned like Cyberpunk 2077 is. So uh, I, I went with Monster Hunter Rise, even though I'll probably be rooting for Tales of Arise to win it. Yeah, me too, for mm-hmm. sure. John? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of with you. As, uh, um, I think those are both solid predictions. Um, I think Tales of Arise and monster hunter are the only two that are really in the conversation for voting. Um, but that could, you know, that can mean the vote splits and it goes to, you know, something else. But, um, I think monster hunter has sort of, you know, left the conversation by about three months and tales of Arise is like a soft reboot of the series. It it's done a lot to sort of mainstream, and it's a lot different than the traditional games in the series. And it's really blown up and, put it and place itself in sort of a mainstream consciousness where a lot more people are talking about this game than say Scarlet Nexus um, or any of the titles. So I think this is um tales to lose, which means I think it'll win. Mm. Oh, I see. What and it feels good to play. I mean, I haven't, I've played maybe three or four hours of it. Yeah. Um, it, It's been very solid so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so old iron helmet. So we'll we'll see. Yeah. That's two of our. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. That, that wasn't suggestive of anything. Yeah, not <laughs> at all. Not at all. That's hilarious. So that's two of the ten categories we picked. The next one will be action adventure. Ooh. And your nominees for that, and I think this is a pretty this is a toss up. I think, boys. Uh, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, mm. Metroid Dread, <clears throat> Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. Resident Evil Village and Psychonauts 2. Psychonauts 2. The boys' thoughts, prayers? Hmm. I, looking at this, um, yeah, I think this is one of the hardest ones to predict out of here because I think this is the place where you try to honor someone that you can't give any of the biggest to. Um, yeah. I would not be surprised if Metroid Dread or Guardians also won this. I think I'm going to be really surprised this year, honestly, if Ratchet and Clank win the same thing. And I could see Resident Evil winning another area. So I went Psychonauts 2 just because I, I just think it's going to be this thing like where I, I don't know how much of the big awards they're going to win, but that seems like a good place to be like, good job, Tim Schaefer. We love you. And, you know, here's your award uh, and have a good, you know, great job and, and, and all that. But 
Yeah, I think that's probably right now of the ones we've discussed so far, it's the hardest one to predict. Yeah, I can. You made some valid points. Mm-hmm. John, do you have any thoughts or do you want me to go? Yeah, well, um, I, th- I think Chris is right. It's going to be this one's challenging. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, something tells me in, in all of these, because <clears throat> I think the most random personally, I think the most random one, at least the one that does not, to, it, it, it's a fantastic game. Love my time with it. But I think the one outlier game that doesn't really belong in, in a lot of these lists is Ratchet and Clank. And it's because of that that I think a lot of votes are going to get split. And you're going to find Ratchet and Clank is going to surprise you um, in, in some categories. But that being said, I really think this one's um, this one's going to be Metroid Dread's consolation prize. Okay. And it deserves it. Yeah, I'm in the midst of playing Metroid. I have a few, probably an hour, uh, two hours in maybe. It's very hard. And I hate, I hate things that chase you. Like, bad. <laughs> um, I've actually moved my console to the secondary monitor so I can play with a pro controller. I found my pro controller, which I had not had. I was playing in handheld mode a lot and it mm. was very hard. I can't um, imagine that dude. I was trying, uh, but you guys listed great points and this is a very tough category for action adventure. Cause I thought you were actually going to say resident evil was the weird one for this category. I haven't played it, so I don't know. And I know you gave that, well, you, you talk about the, the you talk about the difference between what you think it will be and what you want. Yeah, um, I am torn between Village and Dread. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. I think Village is too. What was that? I think that was also a February or March game. That was a long. That was earlier in the year, so I'm I'm sort of weighing it that way. Yeah, for me, um, this this was almost crystal clear. This is a Metroid Dread win all day, and it's because yeah. of the recognition and, and the the inclusion of people back to the Nintendo console to play a Metroid game, which you've admitted John as a fan. And we talked about as a show and the press note, you know, kind of put out there. Normally people don't flock to a Metroid game and this kind of resurrected that series to a degree. Uh, And I think, you know, it's nominated in a few more categories. I don't, I think it's going to be tough to win those. I think this one, it can take it. And it's kind of, I think they like to give a nod to Nintendo when they can. I mean, they got a whole category that we're not going to cover called like, Family Best family game. game. <laughs> I mean, yeah. So, but I, Which I don't, I don't think, think that's going to play a part. I don't think it's going to play a part. I think people who've played this game, and there are quite a few, are going to go, yeah, this is the winner for action adventure. Mm. Um, Samus is going to kick butt and take this one home. That's my prediction. We shall see. We shall see. And Chris, I see you updating. Another thing that we should mention, um, Chris is tabulating a chart Yeah. to just see how much we got right. He'll probably run a a sum formula or something, um, who knows, some sort of Excel magic, well, and we'll see how smart we really are. I'll probably just highlight everyone that we got right, and then, and then see what's up. Yeah, and then just talk well, how about them. how about you highlight the next category for us so we can see what we're talking about? <laughs> I'll tell you what you can highlight. Oh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Um, next up, we have. I love how you have action adventure and action because sometimes I'm like, at what point, like to me, Metroid Dread is much more action than action adventure, right? Like, even though, yeah, I get there's a map, but like, that's an action game, you know? (laughs) Why is it not in there? I don't know. Um, But here you go. Here are your nominees. Back for Blood, Chivalry 2, Deathloop, Far Cry 6, Returnal. Thoughts, prayers, 
credit yeah. card numbers. Craig and them. Um, this one was funny because the way I filled out my form, I saw this before I saw Action RPG. And I was kind of like, huh? Once I saw both. Mm-hmm. Um, again, I think they're giving the nomination to a Back for Blood because there was action in it. Uh, ultimately, for me, it came down to two. And those two were Far Cry 6 and Deathloop. Um, I just thought those two were probably, as far as action goes, those were probably the heavy favorites for a lot of things like fan recognition or whatever. It got into a lot of hands. Mm. And I kind of weighed it back and forth. And uh, I don't know that Deathloop is going to win a lot more, but I picked it to win action. I just, I felt like that would be the pick. Very close, though. Closer than the experts think, a la Lee Corso, over Far Cry 6, I think. John, I think it's um, I think this category is is a very it's going to be a very tight race between Deathloop, which was when it came out in everybody's conversation. But I've noticed as it as 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 the months have gone by, a lot of people have sort of taken a second look at Deathloop. Not me, but a lot of people have taken a second look with Deathloop and been less impressed with it over time. On the flip side, as Returnal. has progressed throughout the year. I think people are taking a second. I think critics, critics in in, in particular are taking a second look at Returnal. And I think, you know, I think, I think it's a race between Returnal and Deathloop, but I think Deathloop is going to eke out this, this win here because I don't even think it's going to be necessarily a chance at any of the other, other categories. So I think this one is, I think this is. I think this category is death loops to win, with uh, Returnal being with Returnal being very close. I'll go ahead and make a trifecta here. Um, I mean, when you're looking at the nominees and then scrolling up and seeing some of the big awards, and you don't see any of the other games in this category in those big awards. To me, it just makes it very easy to go, yeah, I know who's probably going to win that, right? Because at the very least, someone could say, well, if they don't win, you know, these top ones, at least I could say I vote for them here. And, uh, to, you know, to give credit to them, if there's one thing that one cannot make a bad remark about when it comes to Deathloop and, you know, of of the two people here who played it, I was definitely the more critical of us. But I will even admit, <laughs> there's one thing Deathloop has plenty of: it's action. You are not finding yourself That's the category. wanting, right? So you know, um, <laughs> I definitely think that could win. Uh, so yeah, all of us Deathloop for the win there. Nice. That's the first time we've all kind of agreed. So. We're either all going to be right or all wrong. That's hilarious. Uh, all right. So, John, you want to highlight the indies or you want me to, buddy? Actually, no. Here. Second time we agreed, Sean. What was the first time? We all agreed on multiplayer would be It Takes Two. Oh, yeah, we did. So, hey, yep. fact check. You're like that guy from that show on ESPN. You're a stat boy. I like yeah. it. I like it. For real, for real. Here are your nominees for best independent game. Um, Death's Door which is Sean's new name. Uh, <laughs> Kenna bridge of spirits inscription loop hero 
mm. and 12 minutes, which is, which is, um, how long death's door lasts. <laughs> That's so funny. No, no even, you, you completely. Yeah. Okay. Not even we're at like two minutes these days. It's, it's insane. So Sean, I thought I would kick this over to Chris since I kicked it over to you first. Yeah, for um, sure. What you got um, for us, Chris? What do you think is going to be? Okay. I will say this one. I really am surprised that Valheim is not on this in it. That yeah. just tells you how much short term people like as a game made by like five people that dominated steam for like three months. So I don't know how that didn't get here. Um, in my heart, I am rooting for death's door. Uh, and the one I am most picking as a dark horse, but I just think it came too late. Uh, dark as far, horse. Yeah. Yeah. As far as, horrors, uh, as far as like getting out there and getting attention and I've played some of it, I haven't beaten it yet. And I have to say, it's probably one of the most interesting games I've played this year. Like there's no question about that. And it's on steam. Go get it. Inscription is just like, you think, you know, within three hours, what inscription is. And I can tell you now, if you've not played it at all, it is not what you think it is. And it's very cool what it is. Um, so I, I need to finish that up because that could be a potential top five for me when I'm done with everything and it wouldn't shock me. Um, but that said, when I look at this, I go, which one of these is really doesn't look like an indie game. <laughs> AKA it's the one that everyone was wowed with when they were watching PlayStation event trailers. Yep. I can uh, see why you picked this one. <laughs> and it's, it's beautiful and I've played some of it and I don't think it's a bad game. And I think it's a great first game from a studio. Um, but I just, I believe based on popularity and, and I get it. Not everyone plays the indie games, right? They, they, some of them more so gravitate to the AAA experiences or just things that get a lot of buzz. So, I'm going to go with Kena based on that or Kenna, however you want to say it, bridge of spirits. That was my pick. And like I said, it's not who I'm rooting for, but I just think that's probably what it's going to be. John or Sean, not bad reasoning there at all. John, you want to go? Sure. Um, just because you know, I've, I've actually heard, heard a lot of really good things about inscription over the past few weeks mm -hmm. in just random different conversations on podcasts. But I feel like the one um, I think Kenna would be mainstream and loop hero would be what the critics are going to go with. And and the critics vote, I think has a little bit more weight here in all these categories. Mm -hmm. Um, and loop hero has just been in the conversation consistently. It seems to me. So I, I'm, I'm going to go with loop hero, but obviously this is not, this is, this category is not going to be one of my strengths. So I don't necessarily expect to get this one right. All the other ones you can take to the bank. I'm right. Take to the bank, but, cash it in, son. John well, only plays, think, John? uh, yeah, that's right. John only plays AAA experiences. He doesn't that's care from, about yeah. the, the everyman who's trying to and make something And he likes heavy himself. metal music. And when he plays those games, get it right, get it tight. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to probably surprise you boys and anybody listening. Um, the game I'm going to pick to win the indie, I felt is probably. Uh, one of the most unique games in this category and it caught my attention. And I feel like because of even the review we did on this podcast, um, I think 12 minutes is going to take it. All right. Uh, and looking at just the, when you look at the comparison of the games and I kind of went through and saw how they all played, this one's going to catch a lot of, if people don't know about indie games, 
yes, Chris, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said they're going to be like, oh, yeah, that Kenna game. I know that one. That's going to be what I pick. But if they truly look at what, in the way I do it, what a true like indie game looks like, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people who never saw or played 12 Minutes is going to ignite some imagination and some maybe desire to play it or maybe to check it out a little further, maybe watch a YouTube video or a Twitch video. Um, but 12 Minutes is where I'm going with right there. So update the chart. You can take that to the bank, son. Chart is updated. Why don't you tell us about the performances that inspired us this year, buddy? So, so it's, it, the performances, what this is, and you'll see what I'm talking about. It's, it's literally how a real life person performed on a game. So let's tell you the nominees: Erica Mori, who was Alex Chen in Life Is Strange: True Colors; Giancarlo uh, Carlo Esposito, who was Anton Castillo in Far Cry Six; Jason Kelly. Who was Colt Vaughn in Deathloop? Is that Vaughn or Van? Vaughn. Vaughn, I did it right. Okay. Yeah, I think that's Maggie right. Robertson, who was Alcina Dimitriescu. I don't know if I said that right at all in Resident Evil Village. Was close that the enough. Bad? Yeah. Was that the, the, that was the, oh, yeah. Yeah, vampire ooh. lady. Uh, and finally, um, Azioma Agaha or Agaha, who played Juliana Blake in Deathloop. I'm so glad Sean got this nominee to read. Well, and it sucks for category. me today. Normally, I give it a good a good college try. It is so hard to see out of my glasses, which in itself doesn't make sense. And I we're know. back to old man chat. And <laughs> my back hurts, and I got a, a Henry. Um, but, uh, John, why don't you tell us who you got for your performance? I think what's funny about these, and you guys can correct me if I'm if if I'm wrong here, but... It seems to me at the Game Awards, whenever there is a celebrity yep. up hey, for it, be right on this one. <laughs> they typically win it because it's because it's Giancarlo Esposito. Who who does not love Giancarlo Esposito? Um, and what was it? Kiefer Sutherland won for um, you know, Metal, Metal Gear Solid Five. But I really think this year the most impactful performance on on the internet in pop culture i think you've got to give it to maggie robertson from late for playing lady dimitrescu in uh, resident evil village sean that's lady dimitrescu that is the pronunciation mm. but, uh, uh, but you know it, but I, I say that with the caveat it would not surprise me if they just gave it to giancarlo well i don't think they're gonna just give it and i'll elaborate on that in a little bit but chris <laughs> you can go ahead and tell the people who you think buddy uh, will not be shocked if Vampire Lady wins it. Um, something just tells me there are a lot of Life is Strange fans out there. Yes. And Who, like, that, 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 that game is full of, like, you have to believe in the character as you play yes. the game. And everyone I've heard talk about this game r- raves about this performance from uh, Erica Morai, or however you say her last name. Uh, as Alex Chen. So I feel like that's who I'm going with. Honestly, the, the other one I see is the, uh, the dark horse is the, uh, woman who plays Juliana Blake, which I'm not even going to attempt that name because while I like Colt in that game, it's really her conversations with Colt, which are the best part to me as far as, the dialogue that goes on a lot of times, right? Just her little jabs and how she, how she just rubs it in Colt's face that she knows more than he knows. Right. And be like, yeah, I'm going to kill you. And I still know way more than you do. 
Uh, hope you're ready. <laughs> Let's do this. So, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with Erica Morai there for Alex Chen. It just seems like the kind of thing, given the, uh, again, as John said, like the critics having the most sway on these things, I, I can easily see, given where they live and, and their principles and all that, that something like... Tell us more about that, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I know biases. Well- when I went through this, it's crazy the way my mind kind of stacked it and eventually got to the winner. I saw the the app Erica for True Colors for uh, Life is Strange, and I went, just like what Chris said, that game has to be impactful, mm. and you have to make a statement if you decide to have a performance in it. And uh, Gian Car- uh, Giancarlo, I, I know him, right? Of course. Uh, and then I saw the two from Deathloop, and I remember y'all's review and especially Chris saying that that dichotomy of the two was such a it it really is part of the game. And then I remember Vampire Lady and how popular she was. <clears throat> but ultimately for me it came down to who impacted me. Uh I got a call. Old man Lord. chat. Yeah. Who impacted me? Cuz I watched I didn't play any of these games. And I would watch the Twitter. Did you play any games this year? Yeah, I did. And you're, you throw shade, and I'm going to surprise you. Um, you do that. I'm fixing a cuss. You do that every year. Um, and then you go back and you self-check and you go, damn, Sean did play games. I, I was about to tell that story again. Um, but for me, I remember even the, I'm just going to say it. I think Giancarlo Esposito, hands down, is taking this home. Do, do I think it has to do because that's the biggest name and he's going to be at the Game Awards? Possibly. Is it going to be because people who vote on it know that name and know how good he acts and everything else? Absolutely. But if you look at his work and, and the chilling for me, for me, I don't, you guys played the game, the chilling way he played that villain and the perspective he gave you in far cry wasn't as, as crazy as like you said, what John far cry five or four with the crazy guy in the woods. <clears throat> yeah. It wasn't that per se, but in the opening, the opening such a dr- long, drawn-out opening, and he comes down in the boat, mm-hmm. oh, I got chills on that. Well, you know, he he probably had a conversation with Keeley about a month ago, and he just got on a conference call with him and put on his classic Gus Fring voice and said, you have a stupid, stupid award show. Do not <laughs> waste my time. And, <laughs> and, you know, if he doesn't win it, I hope it pans to him in the audience and he's giving that classic Gus Fring death stare that he gives i mean if if amc was smart they would be using this opportunity to partner up with jeff Keeley to reveal the trailer for the final season of uh bear call Saul. nice because yeah. oh spoilers i mean i mean not, not spoilers but spoilers yeah yeah you know that's what i would do um so there you have performance that's it my favorite category is up next guys yeah well, I'm going to tell you the uh, the nominees for yeah. music school. Wait, did I just list the uh, people? Yeah, you did. Nominees. Yeah, I it's, did. It's I'm having me. a moment. Old man chat. Uh, I think it's, yeah, Chris. Yeah, it's me. The nominees for best musical or music or score for a game are Cyberpunk 2077, <laughs> which is actually the one thing I will say is deserving of. <laughs> Deathloop, Near Replicant. I noticed we did not put the 9 million digits that come after near replicant. And I applaud John for that Marvel's guardians of the galaxy. And finally 
The Artful Escape. Sean, why don't you kick this off? Uh, yeah. I uh, For me, it honestly, I went and I tried to listen to some of the game's music, and they're all pretty tight. They're all pretty good. Like you, you gave a, a little nod as you listed Cyberpunk. It's got a different vibe to it or whatever. Uh, but <clears> two that stood out to me from the jump, of course, I, I completed Artful Escape. And the music in that game, it sometimes can be straight up uh, euphoric. And, and, and it's, a, it's a journey unlike any other, but it's not just about the journey. We're talking strictly about the music. And for me, um, I think Guardians of the Galaxy is taking this one, and it's because of their inclusion of some classic tunes at some perfect times of the game that make the the reason why we love the movies. They were able to kind of capture that in the video game. And I think all of that combined, you wrap it up, and I think Guardians takes this one to the bank. I will second this. I think... I think this is actually, I will give credit. If if it weren't for the fact that it had negative, you know, tones around it and the fact that it's been a year, I would actually say Cyberpunk 2077 has a very strong shot of winning this because that score is great. You know, that that is not the problem with the game is the music. It, it totally is not. It totally hits the aesthetic just right. And I, I'm with you, Sean, in the sense that I agree as someone who loves those Pink Floyd and Grateful Dead type vibes, there's so much of that kind of in David Bowie, <laughs> you know, like so much of that in the artful escape. And I really wish I could say it would win, but I think it's going to be a thing that probably not enough people have played right for it to win. And yeah, when you go to the other side, I mean, Guardians of the Galaxy hits both of the points of what this category is, right? It has a great soundtrack, you know, of just wonderful 80s tunes of different styles that you love to hear, especially that you'll hear in fight sequences. And then on the top of that, I think the actual score itself is like on a quality where you almost wonder, like, are they pulling this straight off like Marvel, you know, as far as what they're using for those movies? Because it's just that good of a score. So I, I would think this would be a, a clear winner, and then maybe the outside chance I would give right now would be Deathloop. I, I don't see Nier having a shot, which sucks because I really love uh, the music from Nier Autonoma. But oh, uh, just just for the fans, do you think any music from Nier makes the, uh, the I'm, Christmas? I'm sure there'll be some Nier music in there. Ooh, you're welcome, <laughs> fans. John, we're waiting on you, buddy. John. Um, nothing more for me to say. Um, I I I give it I give it a third. Uh, I think it's Guardians of the Galaxy, and you guys have made all the necessary and relevant comments on that. Mm-hmm. Nice. So that's our third. Well, we all conclude the same. Is that correct? Yep. Yeah. Is that why you were holding up the threes? Yes. For the uh, for the exclusive viewers on Twitch. Was that like our wolf pack symbol? Yes, son. <laughs> yes, son. Uh, so who's next? John's going to introduce art direction. Is that correct? The the category for best. Are the nominees for <laughs> here are your nominees for the best art direction death loop kenna or kina sorry bridge of spirits psychonauts 2 no am i am i in the right category you are okay uh ratchet and clank rift apart and the off artful escape you almost said the awful escape yeah i did yeah you did, yeah, you did. um 
Shawnee Bear, what do you got for this one? Uh, well, the one that stood out for me the most, um, and I've I've played three out of, <clears throat> no, two out of the five. I've watched a lot of three out of the five. Um, to me, the art for Deathloop and Ratchet and Clank, Deathloop isn't even a, a contender, I don't think, and I could be way wrong on that. Uh, so it kind of got me to four. But the one that stood out for me without, you know, without beating around the bush was Kenna. Mm. Um, that game from the jump was praised for how it looked and the and all of that, you know, the whole thing when it comes to Kenna. Chris even has said, one of the first things he said to me when he played the game, very pretty. Uh, but from a standpoint when Chris leads off with very pretty and he doesn't give you any other substance, you go, oh, no. <laughs> so this isn't about game of the year or anything like that. Plus, I think a lot of people who tuned into anything that had to do with the PlayStation 5 saw this game and they saw the art direction it was going to take the art direction it promised. And ultimately I think the art direction that it, it delivered. Um, I think a good runner up probably is going to be, um, I don't know. I couldn't even tell you a good runner up. I just think this stands out far and above for art direction. Hmm. So there it, there it is. Chrissy Poop. Um, yeah, John, definitely think you're wrong with Deathloop because Deathloop has like an aesthetic that is so well done and a great tribute to the 60s that it's definitely deserving for being in here. Um, to me, I think you can always count on um, that studio to, to with, with its art direction. Yeah, it, the best it, thing it out of the 60s something. was the Beatles. <laughs> but it, it does um, something unique with every game including prey um but for me though i this really wasn't that hard for me to pick just because i think it's popular enough and just the fact the sheer variety of style in the game right in design in in art itself and, and the way that that art is used in its environments it has to be psychonauts too i mean like i just can't see it i mean from from the jump the casino level to then like going later on and seeing things like when you're in the book or um of course the the one where you unite the band and all that kind of stuff like all of those are just yes, so it's well, well done. Deserving. Yeah, everything just you could see how much love and intention is put into all of it. So I just I have a very hard time seeing how anyone else can win this besides Psychonauts. I mean, I won't be surprised just because again, Deathloop got a lot of nominations, so it would not shock me if that pulls it out. Um Artful Escape I really want to also consider, but I just don't think enough people have played that game, honestly. Which is sad because it's a really good game. John, yeah, the uh, before um, when Ratchet came out, when I played Ratchet, <clears throat> and had you mentioned this category to me, I would have gone eh, Ratchet and Clank. Mm -hmm. um, but since but since Psychonauts Two has been out, um, I think that that game to me to me art direction is not just how pretty a game is; it's it's how creative you are with the aesthetic, how creative you are with the world, and and the way that that the way that the the way that psychonauts 2 just you just you, you pull on a thread and a completely different universe and world just pops open 
Um, it's, it's to me, it's a no brainer. Um, that I, that I think critically, I, I think, I think this might be, um, you know, one, one, maybe two of the awards that go to Psychonauts two um, mm-hmm. tomorrow night. So I definitely, I'm with, I'm with Chris. I think it's definitely Psychonauts two. The only possible way it's not is if Deathloop and Psychonauts sort of get sort of split and it goes to Ratchet and Clank. Am I up so. next? Is it my turn to read again? Or is no, it's Sean's turn to read, isn't it? It's my turn. Is it my turn? <clears throat> so now we're up to narrative. We're getting really close. We have three left. Um, the big three, narr- if you will. The big three, if you will. Yeah. So narrative, we have Death Loop once again. It takes two. Life is Strange, True Colors, Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy, and Psychonauts 2. Those are your nominees for narrative game of the year. Whoever wants to go. <clears throat> um, narrative speak narrative uh, from everything I've heard. I predict this belongs to it takes two. Um, unfortunately. Uh, Just kidding. I will. Just kidding. I will second this. Uh, I actually think Psychonauts Two has a stronger narrative overall in terms of where it ends. But I just, I really think there's a good chance that this is Hazel uh, Light Studios is like night, like where they are going to. You know, we have some categories we didn't list, right? And. I would not be surprised if they have some wins in those categories. And it just, it is a very strong narrative, right? Like, because it's not just that the game is a great co-op experience that truly makes you communicate and work with one another. But when you do get those cut scenes for the majority of the game, you know, Sean, I could tell you like the, the music level near the end and like whether you're playing as the wife, which Sean was, which was that level is more, tuned to her you know so it's supposed to be all the feels for her in that level me trying to help and make sure that her character is able to achieve those things right that just tells you how good the narrative hits like where you really do care about these two characters by the end of the game and you want to see them succeed um that and also this narrative features by far the most screwed up effed up moment of any video game (laughs) I think that I've had in a couple of years and Sean, you know what I'm talking about. (laughs) John would not believe me if I tell you the things (laughs) that we did in this game that I'm ashamed of. (laughs) We had to, we had to, we had to to do it. I had to do it. It had to be done. I thought, I thought this category when I, when I just glanced Thought it was made for Life is Strange. I mean, that game is basically a game built for narration sure. and events that happen. Um, but I can't look past the power of the story on all the things Chris highlighted for It Takes Two. No other game I've played this year that I've completed made me feel the way that that game has made me feel. I'm doing the thing. Well, the, now we're at, we're at four. We're at four. Well, now. well, I meant just because the three of us picked it, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm up next, aren't I? And this Let's is go. this is always my favorite category. No matter if we're talking about like Emmys, games, and especially the Oscars, and as direction. 
right? And the nominees are Deathloop, It Takes Two, Returnal, Psychonauts 2, and Ratchet and Clank, A Rift Apart. Whoever. Um, <laughs> the This is going to be one of your classic Oscars moments where it's going to be body of work, give it to him for this. This is going to be... <laughs> this is going to be um, when he when uh, G- when Scorsese won for The Departed. This is Tim Schafer's. This is just his award. He mm. will win this. You can take that to the bank. I think too many people want to see this happen. They want to see Tim Schafer on stage. They want him to have his moment. And look, I mean, the, it's Tim Schafer. It's not that he doesn't deserve it. Um, and he could very well deserve it for this game. But I think... I think sometimes, you know, the Academy Award um, for Best Director is given for a movie based on, but it's really for, it's really one of those Lifetime Achievement Awards. It's like, this guy, how has this guy never gotten an Oscar? That kind of thing. So I think this is Tim Schafer's hands down for the fact that for body of work and for name recognition. I mean, Tim Schafer in the gaming community is kind of a household name. Whether you've played his, his material or not, you know who he is. Um, just because he's just very beloved by fans and the industry alike. So I just give it to him. Sean? Uh, I don't think as much as what John just said, but if you think back to the art direction points that Chris made before, um, that art direction led you to a different point in the game. And it was a... The the adventure you took in that game uh, was like anything I've never played in my life. Um, so right now we are, we are, we're two heads thinking kind of the same, but for different reasons. I love two heads. It's cycle knots too. Um, not necessarily hands down per se, but I think it's going to win and it's not going to be close. You know, I I realized that I said Tim Schaefer without naming psycho knots too. So yeah, we're in the, (laughs) we're in agreement. It's it's okay. When I was doing the tracking document, I knew who you meant. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, I just put on there. It's uh, funny here. Okay, I'm I'm the lone man out. I'm going to be the Lee Corso of this. I love Tim Schaefer, and honestly, I'm rooting for Tim Schaefer to win it. I'm with you there, you know, just for the sake that like, he deserves to be rewarded. But I think this is the coming out party for probably the best young studio from the last decade that consistently gets better with every iteration. And I think... Joseph Ferris takes this home for it takes two again. I just, I, yeah, it, I mean, like he's got a really good shot. Like the dude went from brothers to a way out. And now to this, he has made all co-op game. Well, except for the first one, brothers wasn't, but like consistently different types of games. Right. And they're always interesting. And more importantly, over time they get mechanically better and better and more challenging for his studio. And I think this thing could have fallen apart very quickly if things did not work as well as they did. Right. So I I just think he deserves to be rewarded. And as much as I love psychonauts too, I feel like it takes two is getting a little bit more acclaim from people at the moment. Um, I I had it. I had, and I don't, I'm, this doesn't count. I said psychonauts too. Mm -hmm. I had, it takes two on it until five fifteen today. 
mm-hmm. on my list. I looked at my list one more time and I went. I had a couple of changes a, too. I feel I like didn't a, give Psychonauts two a lot of love. It was one of the only. I think that's the only one out of the ten we picked mm-hmm. that I gave love to, and it was because I had I, that could have been why. But I had, yeah. I'll leave it there. I'll disclose something in a minute. But yeah, we're down to the last one, the goatee. Game John. of the Y'all. Here are your nominees for Game of the Year. Deathloop, It Takes Two, Metroid Dread, Psychonauts 2, Russia and Clank, Rift Apart, and Resident Evil Village. When it comes to Resident Evil Village, it's it's an honor to be nominated. I think it's got a good shot. I think that... Um, you gave it I a think, 10, John. Did I? I might have. I can't remember what I gave it, but it's, it's you know... It's probably, Don't worry. I've got them Probably charted. on my list. I've got them charted on the wall. <laughs> all of John's 10s. But I I think... Uh, <laughs> I think um, I think people are going to be fighting over It Takes Two and Psychonauts 2. And to be honest with you, I think probably one of them deserves it. But I think they're going to cancel each other's votes out, and I think it's going to go to Deathloop, with a slight chance that Ratchet and Clank might eke this out. But I really think it's um, because you of the just way they're named voting. every game. Nope. Oh, I did. No, well, I didn't. There's one left. Oh yeah, the, yeah. Um, this is where he says, but then Deathloop will cancel love. out something else, and it'll probably Damn, be Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart. <laughs> Uh, but I think I think uh, the 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 votes are going to cancel themselves out, and by default, it's going to Deathloop. That's just my prediction. I would really like to say that it takes two, and Psychonauts are going to win. I picked it takes two because generally in these kind of things, you go, okay, we love you, and we're going to give you the things that actually like directly say we love you. AKA why I said it's going to win narrative. And like direction. the D. What what. <laughs> Why I said it was going to win direction and uh, best narrative, right? For it takes two. And you would wonder, well, how is it not going to take game of the year? I I will not be shocked if it wins, but I'm here where I go. What is the biggest name that has the most attention to it? And it's Deathloop. I mean, Deathloop to me is the kind of thing like when I think of awards where I go, yeah, it might not be the best, but it's the thing in the right place at the right time. It is the best, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, to you it is, but you know, like it's, I, I just see it so much, right? Like where, yeah, Goodfellas doesn't win best picture, right? <laughs> Saving private Ryan doesn't win best picture. <laughs> so that's just the way it goes sometimes, but you know, um, so yeah, I, I'm with John on this death loop. I think is what ends up taking it uh, and good for them. You know, I'm, I'm not going to cry that Arcane gets a game of the year when if if it happens. What about yeah, you, I'm gonna Sean? I'm going to be over here on this uh, by myself corner. Oh. And uh, if you would have been following along, I named It Takes Two as the best multiplayer. I would have had it as narrative, which I do, and for game direction. I think it's going to sweep. Ooh. Honestly, I'm not going to be surprised if it actually does take game direction. Um, and I've got it hands down as the game of the year for the game awards. Um, I don't think there's going to be anything about canceling each other out. Um, Do you want me to change your pick for direction to It Takes Two? No. Okay. I changed it at 515 to Psychonauts 2. Okay. Um, Yeah, because I started really thinking about, and both of those 
like the level designs in both games were fantastic, you know. Um, but for me, I think game of the year from the Game Awards is going to surprise the world, and it's going to be it takes two. Sean, I don't think you. I don't think you're off the mark there. I, I I think I think that there's a there's a slight possibility that it takes two can sweep the way that Breath of the Wild did, and it, it's it's because of the energy behind it, like the Gone Homes and the journeys from previous years where it just this, this little, this smaller title comes along and it just dominates the conversation. And I feel like with, with, with this podcast, which is the most important podcast and video game best. podcast in the world, yeah, Hands down. it takes two has always been in the conversation. It gets, it gets brought up in conversation every other show. It, I've I've listened I listen to video game podcasts all the time, and it's constantly brought up in conversation. And I think that is a strong possibility that 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 conversation and that relevancy can do what you, in fact, might predict. Um, give it takes two, three or four cal- categories tomorrow night. I really think that's a possibility. The question is, are we going to live stream this? Ooh. No, you guys will simultaneously be watching it and playing Halo. Don't get it twisted. You ain't you don't want to you don't want to live stream this. You see how see it? see I mean <laughs> I'll live stream it. Okay, so just a recap here. Uh, I'm like trying to see like how we're gonna <clears throat> shake this out is the chances for us, right, to win this thing. Like who has <clears throat> if if we care. But let's see. Okay, so Sean. If you're right on it takes two, you'd have one against me and John. If I pick, it takes. If Are we it doing takes, this? <laughs> I'm trying to like look where he's how many. And he's got an Excel spreadsheet up, dude. We're in trouble. Okay, hold on here. So we have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. We have seven categories at least where one person is picking different from the other two. Seven out of ten. That's pretty yeah. legit. And then I believe two categories where we are all picking different uh, winners, which is uh, performance and indie game. We all had different choices in those. So there it is. We'll see how it goes, right? You want to live stream it? I mean, I will. Might as well. What time does it start? Eight? I think so. Probably should look that up. Gosh, probably goes till midnight. Yeah. Yeah. What are you doing? We're not doing anything Friday, right? I'm rarely ever doing anything. I'm Friday. To get that boss. I'm going to a graduation uh, commencement. Oh, yeah, that's right. At a football stadium. No, it's it's tomorrow night. Yeah. Yeah, Well, it's Thursday night. Yes. Yeah. What? It's Thursday night. That's when the game awards are. Yes. Uh, sick of you guys doing this. <laughs> Don't blame me. Blame him. He's the one who does it. I'm just saying it's Thursday night. Yeah. To help you out. It's not on a Friday. Correct. It's the eighth. That would no. Halo's the eighth. And the game awards. I will double check, but usually it is always on a Thursday. The Game Awards are? Please be Wednesday. Oh, it's December 9th. Yep. Yeah. Probably fine. What about it? 
I'm not sure what time um, it but starts. But we, we got one more thing to do before we head over to news. Oh? Do you guys not remember that? We can oh, yeah. These real quick. These are three just random things we're thinking going to happen. I can lead it off to get you guys' juices going if you want. I didn't end up um, doing this because you said you didn't want to do it. Well, then now you just get to riff. I did it because you said do it. I think that, that you brought up a good point to me while we hung out. So these are three things that we don't know confirmed are going to happen, but we think might happen. I think Microsoft is going to reveal one of those things from that list that when you said everything was redacted from, mm. I think they're going to reveal something they've tried to take away from us that we don't think is coming. I think that there was a, a, a tweet that went out about these games. There was a huge list of games that were going to be announced. And this is the fan in me thinking that something about Sly Cooper is going to officially come to the PlayStation five. And that series is going to be kind of like relaunched. And finally, uh, it's confirmed that there's like this matrix game that's coming out. Yeah. Um, it's going to tie in kind of like with the movie and all that jazz. I think that's <laughs> going to be the way they bring back Keanu, who was a star for cyberpunk and possibly Carrie to be on stage. That'd for be like cool. A moment. That'd be cool. At the game awards. Those are my three. Okay. You're breathtaking. Um, just off my gut real quick. I think that there will be a full-length trailer, not just a teaser like we saw here recently, but a full-length trailer for the Halo TV show coming to Paramount next year. Um, I think that Starfield, I don't think we'll get gameplay, but I would predict that you actually get a new trailer that shows a little bit more like about the world's you know, things going on. Todd Howard ticking John off because he's like in this part of the game. Um, <laughs> and then finally I'll go with, um, I'm going to go ahead and say that. Hmm. This is hard. Oh, right that here. new PSVR two is going to be shown. Thanks Chris. I appreciate you bringing that up right now. <laughs> um, I will say that Nintendo will officially announce and reveal the next Mario Kart game. Mario seems, Kart. Nice. That would be fun, wouldn't it, John? Get some kart action. It seems on. like it's time, to me at least. It yeah, might it be time. Yeah, it might be time. Might be time. John, did you happen to put any down? Uh, just just more rolling around in my head. Keely, Keely mentioned he tweeted something about how he's been working with the studio for a number of years to bring this to the show. Uh, I think, I think, I think, I think the hope that that is some sort of Zelda reveal that has a release date, but that, that never carried much weight with me. Mm. Um, I think you'll get something from Zelda tomorrow night, but that's not necessarily my prediction. Um, I think the big reveal that Keeley's talking about is Bioshock. I really Ooh, think that it's sense. time. I think it's time to show it. It just makes sense time wise. It's been several years. We know it exists. And I think Keeley has been sort of working with this, some studio. And I think that studio or production company is 2K. Um, I think we get a, I think we get an announcement. Um, I've heard different rumors of Metroid prime trilogy, but then they pivoted it to a what what is a remaster of Metroid Prime, the original game. I think we get an announcement for that. One of the other is coming. Hmm. And then you get a release date for, since it started on the Game Awards stage, I think it's going to end on the Game Awards stage. 
and you're going to get an official release date for Bayonetta 3. Ooh. For a second, I thought you were going to say Dragon Age 4, and I was about to laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean... <laughs> I was like, no, John. <laughs> no. Well, I considered the fact that what Keeley's been working on might have been a Bioware... Might have been something Bioware. Yeah. But I think I think the more likely one is is Bioshock. I one agree of the with bios. you. I'm, I would... That would be a great place for 2K to do that. It would make a lot of sense. Two things. Yeah, two things. Dichotomy. <laughs> Speaking of two things, dichotomy. That is that is all. That's it for the topic. I think. I think we drained that for what it's worth. Long uh, topic. Stay tuned for a possible live stream if you want to come hang out, drink some beers, eat some food, and we kind of watch it together. That's a strong possibility. It is on a Thursday, but other than that, that's a wrap, son. Hot off the press and straight to your ears. Weekly Games Chat presents the news. News. John, 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 John peaked. It's the news. But but Sean went news. It's yeah. Dude, I try to get some news. balance. I yeah. I lean back. I know. I know. It's just Discord. You know what? You peaked. You ever think of that? I'm, I'm We're getting a restaurant been. called Twin Peaks. <clears throat> What's it? What's it? What's what's it do? Yep, it's like uh, you ever heard seen that restaurant? Uh, they serve chicken wings and fries. It's called Hooters. Oh, Twin Peaks is very like Hooters. Do you think they're gonna have wars because they're like literally right down the street from one? Yeah, another? and the location is really like Hooter Hooters. Wars. <laughs> yeah, wing wars. Can before we get started, can I just uh, add one comment about the Game Awards? Sure. sure. Or actually, it's a question. Do you guys think it's? <clears throat> Because it was nominated in, in some categories that that we didn't mention, only because it's kind of a shoe in. Do you do you guys find that um, it's a bit insulting that Forza didn't get nominated for any of the marquee awards tonight uh, for for this for the game awards? No, I mean it's probably, with the exception of Psychonauts two, probably the highest rated game, yeah, mainstream game of the it's year. It's fun. But it doesn't have it doesn't have a strong narrative. You get dropped off of a plane in Mexico. That's strong narrative, Chris. Uh, sir, is a story about a man becoming a superstar and getting into the Hall of Fame. And you yes, need to respect. That. Okay, okay, Chris. On races, you can't lose. Can't so that's a no. The, you don't uh, think it was kind of like? No, I don't think it was. I think I you mean, don't think it, you don't think it was like 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 music a, maybe. I'll Music not even game Bob of the year. Not no. even game of the year. No, I would. I Microsoft's you. biggest launch ever doesn't equate to game of the year. We all gave it a ten. We did ninety-two Metacritic score for what it is, which is highly a uh, racing game. Yes, I think uh, I'll actually go with the uh, chat here. As much as I would like to say, I, I agree. Yes, it should be nominated. But on the flip side of things, I will say. You know, Microsoft knows when these award nominations are up, and if they had cared, they would have not waited to the last minute of the award <laughs> nomination period to release it. You know, typically Forza Horizon games have come out in September, so you have ample time for people to play it and then, you know, go and vote. And if it just came out in October, I think it probably would have been more nominated than it was, but that's just the way it, it goes. It probably would have because it would have had a lot of generated hype. Yeah around it when they were doing the nominations and all that listen for us is hype and we gave it a 10 and we listed why we gave it a 10 and all that stuff 
The question was, do we think it was snubbed? I don't. I mean, I, I would definitely put it in there over Ratchet and Clank, personally. But that's just yeah, me. I can I can see that in some of the categories. I really can. Yeah. Art direction, it looked it looked good. Mm-hmm. Best but indie it, title. But how many times did you say Forza Horizon Five didn't change too much from Forza Horizon Four? <clears throat> I mean, it changed enough. again. Anecdotal on if we're talking about a game of the year or, or and all that jazz. I get it. Yeah. But you know, just because a lot of people played it doesn't mean that it's the game of the year. Yeah, I mean, I would think the fact that it's also the highest rated game of the year would say that a game award system that is supposed to factor into those kind of things should say, yeah, it, it's kind of like when we were looking at Heisman and you go, how did Adrian Hutchinson get nominated and Will Anderson is left out to dry when you go, Will Anderson did X, Y, and Z, right? More than what these other people did. So it is what it is. Awards are always never... Uh, <laughs> They're never perfect. That's what I would say. <laughs> That's funny. Two things just happened in chat. John is happy that he got Chris and I to argue, which is always a treat for John. And uh, Draven points out, I guess to me, that you can lose if you take it off easy. Sir, I don't play on easy. Apparently do. you do. <laughs> what game did you have me turn on easy the other day? Oh, uh, Timberborn. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Let me call. That's just because it's a good way to learn the game. You do the first one easy, and then you up it. Yeah, that game is dope. Yes, it is. Hashtag Timberborn. Beavers for life. Again. Hashtag Beavers. Sean, do you want a bonus? Uh, I love bonuses, buddy. Well, you get one. <clears throat> the launch of Halo Infinite is hours away, that being the campaign. And if you are an Xbox Game Pass Ultimate subscriber, you will gain access to monthly bonuses just for being signed up for the service. Quote, it's an awesome time for perks because we're excited to reveal that Ultimate members will be locked in to get monthly Halo Infinite multiplayer bonuses starting with the first bundle on December 8th. The first bonus will be an exclusive pass tense MA-40 assault rifle coating. So that's cool. Nice little perk system for everyone. There. Um, John? I can't wait to play it at mid- Oh. Uh, I mean, 1 p.m. tomorrow. <laughs> yes, if you are listening to this tomorrow and it is 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can play the campaign. The campaign will be going live globally at the same time. So I think Microsoft put a map out there or else I would just tell you, figure out what 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time is in your time zone and you will know when you can finish this fight, <laughs> as they would say. I can't wait to hear his voice again. Oh, uh, the other thing I would tell people to do, if you did not play Halo, Halo Wars 2, do yourself a favor and go look at his story recap because a lot of what's going on here plays off of that. And I've Ooh. heard that, and I made sure to do that today. And yes, yes, the banister straight out of Halo Wars 2. And it's actually a pretty cool story. I've never played either of these. Hollow Halo Wars? War game. Mm-hmm. Hello, 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 Wars. I can see your hello. <laughs> hey, John, why don't you tell us something else about Game Pass, though? Well, speaking of Game Pass, Gris, Ooh. what about bonuses? We talked about the bonuses. <laughs> I know. I, I, I stepped away. Um, I was hearing things in the house. I texted people. They're gone. Uh oh. Um, and I thought my dog was here. My dog's not here, and I think they're playing with me. So, well, well, speaking I'm of Game now, Pass. 
So I'm thrown off, but thank you for talking about bonuses. And I would like to hear about Game Passes, John. My bad. Well, if you want to hear about it, I'll tell you. Sony is working on a competing platform for Xbox Game Pass, according to a new report. Bloomberg uh, says sources familiar indicate that the company has given a new service codename Spartacus, <laughs> where PlayStation owners can pay a monthly fee for access to a library of modern and classic games. According to these reports, this is a three-tier service. The first will include the same benefits of PlayStation Plus. The second tier will offer access to gaming catalog like Game Pass. And the third tier will include extended demos, game streaming, and access to a larger library to include PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP. Uh, This new service is expected to launch in the spring of 2020. We could, in fact, see something about it uh, Thursday at the Game Awards. Who knows? Spring of 2022. Yeah, you said 2020. 2020. Did it? Oh, yeah. sorry. Sorry about that. Um, <clears throat> look, I, I will I will be the first to say to my co-hosts and to the audience um, that the idea of a sustainable business model for a games as a, for for a service like this, like Game Pass, if Sony's going to do it, maybe they have figured out a way for it to be profitable. I don't see them releasing the next uncharted or last of us part three or whatever and it dumping into game pass the way that halo would dump into game pass Mm -hmm. i i could be wrong about that but it would be very difficult to see that happening um but that's just my take on it um this could uh, people have been asking for this people have been waiting for this to come come around at some in some form i think this was probably going to be a a sort of a rebranding of playstation now to be perfectly honest with you but what do you guys think? I don't want to spend any more money on any other service. And I think this is what that's going to be. I, I don't think simply a rebranding on uh, what you just said, PlayStation Now. If they're wanting to compete with Game Pass, it, it can't be just that. It has to be like a tiered subscription model yeah, yeah, yeah. type deal. Um, <laughs> maybe they eradicate game, uh, PlayStation Now. Or maybe they do an inclusion of it, but it's in that that second tier. But I just don't want to spend more money on stuff. Am I bad for that? No. Yes, you're a horrible human being. I think right now, um, I mean, I think this is the most attractive. Obviously, if you're someone who is hardcore into the PlayStation ecosystem (laughs) and you don't have Xbox, right, or PC. Chris, I believe, sorry to interrupt, but I think Sean honestly just has the squirts. Right? He's... (laughs) He's doing crazy stuff out there. But anyways, um, I don't know. I think right now, if you're telling me that on day one, I'm not going to get any new titles from them, right? Which is really the biggest allure of Game Pass. It's it's what keeps you subscribing is the idea that I know X number of games, right, are going to be here and I don't have to pay for them to play them day one. Well, then the question is, what else is in the service? In in the, you know, Microsoft, even when it we're not talking about the things like Halo and Forza, they did go out there and spend to make things like the medium, right? MLB the show, um, other third party thing of Outriders. I think is probably the biggest <laughs> one from this year that wasn't one of theirs that was there on day one for them. And I wonder how how much is there going to be third party interaction in this and coming in to help build out the the library? And is it going to be similar at least in terms where even if it isn't the first day it comes out, 
is it going to have that same turnaround that Microsoft has? Like where, hey, if I didn't run out, like for myself, if I wasn't doing a podcast, I probably would have ran out and got Scarlet Nexus. And my Game Pass subscription would have been verified again by the fact that about a month or so ago, about three to four months after release, I could have played Scarlet Nexus, right? There are a lot of things that come to Game Pass about three to four months after release. So I don't know what that looks like right now. I think it's cool that they're bringing back PS1, PS2, PS3, and PSP games and that they're putting them in the service. I think that's a cool call. Um, I'm guessing that's all going to be streaming, um, which I don't know how well that will work. We'll have to wait and see. You know, I, I was very... I held back judgment on Xbox until I actually saw it and was impressed and I would do the same here. But until now, I, I, I think they're just trying to figure out how do we transition to this because they probably understand whether they want it or not. It's kind of like when iTunes shows up or Spotify shows up, right? Or Netflix, you eventually know we're going there. It's, you can't avoid it. So you at least have to have a path there. So maybe they start with this and they begin to prepare themselves that in three to five years, they can turn around and go, yes, the next God of war, the next horizon, the next, whatever is available day one. But for now it's just, can they build a service that appeases people? I, my big thing would say they need to be cheaper than game pass right now, based on what they're offering. That would be my suggestion. Kind of similar. What they did, to their credit back in PS3, Xbox 360 era where PlayStation plus came after uh, Xbox gold. And I thought really gave a bang to the buck for, you know, consumers and won them over so that by the time you got the PS4 PlayStation plus was easily something better than games with gold. There was just no question about it. Um, Sean, did you have anything else? No, I mean, I, I mentioned the money part. I, I'm just, am I the only one? Is it my age or is it, is it a trend where there's a cutoff on what we like to play as an older game? Mm-hmm. We, we talked about this before the sprite based eight bit, 16 bit <laughs> games. Those are always going to hold up and be good. But there at some point, those old PS one games, the old Xbox games, I don't care to play them ever again. I, um, I, I go back to Super NES as a Nintendo fan. Yeah. I virtually skip over N64 generation. Right. That pixel sprite, not sprite, but that pixely stuff, I just find it very I mean, I if I'm playing Ocarina of Time, I'm playing it on 3DS, mm-hmm. not on not on N64. That's why I don't care about the I mean, that's why I don't care about the upgrade system, the upgrade program for the um Nintendo Online. There's just nothing. The only thing, I mean, I think, I think they're putting paper Mario on there, which that's a game I could play because it doesn't look all, um, pixely, but, um, you know, I, I, Sean, I'm, I'm, I'm taking a leap here by bridging two concepts, but Sean Layden, when he was kind of on, on his way out of Sony, somebody asked him, what is what is kind of your parting wisdom? Um, bye, Sean. <laughs> I'm here, buddy. No, I know. Part of uh, kind of like the parting wisdom. He said, Sean said, Sean Layden said, you've got to figure out as an industry and particularly at Sony how to make games, high quality games, cheaper. 
And that's the only way, in my opinion, if you're going to release current games on this platform for free, that's the only way it's sustainable for Sony. Not for Microsoft, but for Sony. And for example, if Nintendo did something like it. But like I said about five minutes ago, Sony could be proving me wrong here. And I will, you know, I'll be the first to say it um, if that happens. If they are going to release it the way that Game Pass operates, um, and and the tier the tier program might be its safety net in a way to you know give you know with Game Pass it's basically two tiers. I mean, which only matters if you have a PC, but with this program you've got three tiers that can probably maybe financially protect them um, by not offering the full package uh, to every single person who subscribes to it. So that could be their saving grace. Everyone subscribes to my full package. Wait, what? Oh, and (laughs) the uncut Chris comes out. Is he uncut? I thought he was a... Whoa! Speaking of uncharted territory in a podcast, huh? (laughs) Uncharted Legacy of Thieves update for you folks. Sony has announced that Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Collection will launch on PlayStation 5 on January 28, 2022. That's not too far ahead. And at a later date for PC, you know, for Steam and Epic Games stores. The bundle will include Uncharted 4 and Uncharted Lost Legacy. The collection will offer a variety of graphical updates to include Fidelity Mode with a target 4K 30 frames. The game will also offer high frame rates and target 60 frames for performance mode. The collection will offer features for the DualSense controller as well as spatial audio. The game will cost $50. And there you have it. Sean, before you comment, I want you to look at Chris. He's got that Miller Lite smile yeah, on he does. his face. Yeah, he does. <laughs> but uh, would you agree, guys, that uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves Sounds like an awesome title for an Uncharted sequel. <laughs> yeah, right. It really does. Man. That could be one where the kid could be introduced as the main character. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Uh, um, but I I, I, I I, believe, Sean, um, the the stand, uh, the one-off title, what is it, Lost Legacy? Yeah. Yeah, that game was awesome. That was kind of your, that was, if I recall, that might have been one of your games of the year when it came yeah, it was out. Tight. Uh, I have yet to play that, so I will definitely look forward to this yeah. um, this new one. I'm wondering, I'm, and they might answer this later, but I'm wondering how this incorporates into people who already own Uncharted 4. Yeah, I can't think of, uh, <laughs> I saw a tweet today, something's coming out. Mm-hmm. I don't know that this is going to be worthless, but there's the model of, it's going to come out, if you already own this version, it's only $5 for the upgrade. $10. Interesting. $10, right? Oh, okay. yeah, because 60 is 70. <clears throat> it's always like that was what member Jim. Oh, it was five dollars. Well, unless this is different, but I thought Jim Ryan came out and clarified after all the, uh, you know, everyone complained about the Ryzen uh, Zero Dawn prices. No, this was brand new today. I saw oh. it. But I thought I'll that's what he it. said. If I you want, it. if you want an upgrade version of a game, you have to pay ten dollars for the PlayStation Five. Fact check him, Sean. Get him. Fact check him. I mean, am I, John, you you know you've heard this too. 
at some point, like Jim Ryan <laughs> coming out and trying yeah, to save you're face. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. Well, I mean, for me, because I bought this game back in what 2015, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna be sour over this if it's not some sort of upgrade program. You know. Yeah. It's no big deal, really, to me. But. I mean, it is a little <laughs> bit different because, as you said, it's an older game. And yeah. they're only charging 50, so I could see why maybe they aren't going to charge 10 for this one versus a new release, right? Yeah. Um, and I, I, I think they've already, in a sense, for Uncharted 4, I think they've already upgraded it for the PS5. They've given it that 60 possibly, frame yeah. boost. I could be wrong about that. But yeah, but what about 4K? <laughs> yeah, there's that. Right. Personally, um, I think it's great for, again, PC players. I totally support all the people that don't own consoles checking this out. And I hope they put all the other Uncharted games on PC for them to play, right? Like take the Nathan Drake collection, put it on there too, because I'm sure there are wealth people that would be glad to check out those titles and enjoy them. And especially with all the perks that PCs uh, offer you. Um won't say I, I don't see myself going out there and getting this, but totally understand what someone PlayStation. else. Yeah, we know. No, I mean, I've just, I've, gonna... I've played it, so I'm good. I feel fine. That's why it's funny that you're going to now tell us the free games for PlayStation. What about, uh, I thought you were going to tell us if it was $5 or not. Was it $5? I can't find it. I'll find uh, it. I just right. can't right now. I'm not as good as a fact checker as you because I don't do that to my friends all the time. <laughs> It's true. Uh, let's see here. Sean is a um, free games Whoa. for December. <laughs> Do you like how Richard. I've done this now? Yeah. Free games for the month. Free I games just, for December. Yeah. First up, PlayStation Plus. We've got Moral Shell, Lego, DC, Supervillains, and Godfall. This version, though, is called the Challenger Edition, which will have three modes <clears throat> called Lightbringer, Dreamstones, and Ascended Towers of Trials. I think people have said that does not include the end game <clears throat> content, which they are very ticked off about. Uh, or at least, 1997, you know, uh, the height of like high school, you know, baby's arm type stuff yeah uh it's called ascended tower of trials next up we have games of gold so first up we got the escape is two then tropico five pen ultimate edition orcs must die in insanely twisted shadow planet which is also the name of my richard on the right that's what i just said about (laughs) me being in high school about ascended tower of trials get it because it's a fucking tower (laughs) and finally here are your Highlights for Games Pass. Of course, tomorrow at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, you can check out Halo Infinite in its full form. Uh, from the makers of, I believe, Uh-oh. SteamWorld, right, John? SteamWorld Dig in this? That sounds right, but I'm not yes. sure. The Gunk will be out on December 16th. <laughs> and finally, we have Aliens Fireteam Elite, which will be That's out John. on John December played that 14th. Because John's a big Aliens fan, and I didn't know that till that day. Right. Uh, can I say I checked out so Moral Shell is also already on Game Pass and I tried and within five <laughs> seconds I was not impressed like I get it's trying to be a Dark Souls game but like the way the combat felt I did not like its gimmick I thought I was going to but man couldn't do it all right well maybe you'll awaken to it at a later Ooh, time yeah. speaking of that um, Matrix Awakens um, the Matrix Awakens Unreal 5 experience, notice it's not called a game, um, has officially been confirmed for Xbox Series X and S and PlayStation 5 and can be 
preloaded now. And we all love what, Sean? A good preload. Created, uh, this is quote, created by members of the original movie team, including Lana Wachowski, along with Epic Games and Partners. The Matrix Awakens, an Unreal 5 experiences a wild ride in the reality-bending universe of The Matrix that features performances by Keanu Reeves and Carrie Ann Moss. I'm looking forward to the movie, but could not care less about their Unreal 5 experience. Unless it just completely dazzles. I know. I don't probably care about seeing this, like as far as like The Matrix and all that, right? The only reason I care is that it says Unreal 5 and therefore it's Correct. something yep. to show off Unreal 5 and to see what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and mm-hmm. also update mm-hmm. the update. If you want the PlayStation 5 remaster version of Uncharted Legacy of Thieves, it will cost you $10. That's not the game I was saying. That's literally the one that we were just talking. About. I know, but I said I saw on something. If you go back and listen to the audio, which you will. I said there was something I saw online. I don't know what game it was, oh, okay. but it was cool because it's only going to be five dollars for the upgrade. But you, whatever, man, I love your face. That's that's all that matters. <laughs> what I was thinking about is how are they missing out on a Matrix VR game? Ain't nobody want no Matrix VR game except dude, Sean and millions dude, of people around the world. Dude, Sean downloaded an uh, International Space Station game, could not play it. The only VR game in history. So I had to take it off. Why not? I can't do it. Oh, Can you imagine just, uh, that, that scene? Go okay. Ahead. Sorry. You're saying you couldn't play it in the sense of like the fact of the spatial awareness of like being in space and looking down. No. That was it wouldn't run? No, there's something about the way that it's a rare VR title that makes you sense like you're truly there. That you fly. You're moving yeah. really fast. It was spatial awareness. Steep. Yeah, I don't. So, so there's that scene in Matrix Reloaded where Neo leaves the architect's room and he's flying towards Carrie Ann Moss to save her from falling off that building. Yeah, and it's got like it's like a, sh- and he's going so fast it's like shopping carts and dirt and <laughs> rubble. He's just Physics. picking up all this stuff and is <laughs> flying behind him. Imagine that happening with Sean in VR doing this. Yeah. <laughs> well, you've seen me be scared in VR and just puking. <laughs> You loved every minute of it. Like, you loved it to death. Speaking of which, did everyone see the uh, Matrix Revolutions or whatever it's called, uh, Resurrected trailer that came out yesterday? I saw it, and I still don't understand what it's about. I don't either. Uh, yeah, but... But I can't wait. I have a worry that it's not going to be good. It's nice to see, though, that uh, apparently... It's got to be better. In a, in, in a way, Keanu can oh, now do a... Can, can do a... Kamehameha blast from Dragon Ball Z. That's what it looks like he's doing now, where he just gets these huge orbs of blowing up. Yeah, stuff. he's he's kind of doing something different now. But according to him, mm. he still knows kung fu. That is true. I saw that's that. important. But but I I get the feeling that um, Trinity is going to be the focal point of the story in this one. Could I be. get that sense. Could Are be. you saying Trinity is going to have a larger role? I think she's going to have the role. Nice. Well, response. Oh yes, Zambella is taking on a larger role in battle in the Battlefield franchise. EA is re. Uh, I was gonna say resur- Look at us restructuring as it shifts focus to building out the Battlefield franchise. Dice Gen- General Manager Oscar Oscar Gabrielson is leaving the company at the end of the year to pursue another role outside of EA. 
Zampella will be adding Dice to his portfolio of EA as group general manager. His portfolio already includes Ripple and Respawn. That's a popular morning station. and No, it's not. Zampella has indicated that the staff of Dice is to grow significantly to improve quality of the game going forward. This announcement comes following the troubled launch of Battlefield 2042, which had no Game Awards right? nominations. Ripple is one of my favorite uh, Grateful Dead songs, by the way. But um, yeah, this is the right call, in all honesty. Like, and I don't think it's the fault necessarily completely of Dice. I think EA has been mismanaging the studio for a long time because their idea has been it needs to be Call of Duty. It needs to be as big as Call of Duty instead of just kind of looking at what Respawn did and, and going, this works, right? Where you just let Respawn be Respawn and all of a sudden you get Titanfall 2, which is amazing, and Jedi Fallen... Uh, order right and then of course the biggest for them apex legends where they didn't just go in and try to recreate Fortnite. that did they did their own thing and it's been very popular um so my hope is because of the fact that vincent paul is taking this over he can pull back and get the ea corporate side off their backs and go let me just take this and work and and come back to the drawing board what makes a great battlefield game and then work with those people who have been working on the series for a long time to coalesce and, you know, make a great battlefield game. And I, I, I really hope with this change, I would be very happy if I didn't see a battlefield game for three or four years and that they just take this time to figure it out. Kind of similar of what's going on with Bioware with a number of its properties right now, figure it out, get it right. As opposed to figuring out how to make, what what the the analytics says is how you make money, you know. <laughs> Without has, has Battlefield been every year lately? It hasn't been every year, but when you think about it, like you know, they've also worked on, uh, of course, Star Wars Battlefront, right? Right. Yeah. But the last two, from Battlefield Five and now to this, both of them have pretty much been disasters from launch. The last one I can think of in the Battlefield that was successful was Battlefield One. Yep. Yeah. I just miss Battlefield where they were like bad company. Oh, that's my favorite. I don't know why they don't go back to that. that they were the greatest. It, yes. was, it was truly awesome. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to hear about yes. some, some stuff about Activision, by the way? And, you know, guys, we were talking about the Game Awards. We didn't talk about Activision, though, when we talked about the Game Awards, did we? We did no, you not. Think, uh, yeah. you, you would think, why like, is that? Yeah, it uh, yeah, there's a, probably a reason, Chris. Well, well, due to the continued controversy. See, that's the way you say that word, John. Yeah. Controversy. Surrounding Activision Blizzard, Jeff Keeley has made the decision to not include the the participation of Activision Blizzard beyond its game nominations at the Game Awards <clears throat> on December 8th. Quote The Game Awards is a time of celebration for the industry, the biggest form of entertainment in the world. There is no place for abuse, harassment, or predatory practices in any company or com community. I also realize we have a big platform which can accelerate and inspire change. We are committed to that, but we all need to work together to build a better and more inclusive environment so everyone feels safe to build the world's best games. All of us are accountable for this standard, 
incredible games and the talented developers who built them are who we want to celebrate. See you on Thursday. That's from Mr. Keeley there. Um, I, not I, too I shocking. Think Jeff, Jeff Keeley, like I could be off, but I think he wants to celebrate the video games. Sure. Uh, much in the way of like, say like a star Wars one, like the original star Wars ending, there's confetti going. The heroes are on a stage. Chewie even gets a medal. Like he's supposed to at the game awards. <laughs> And it's a good time for all. And yeah, I mean, it's just a, I think it's the right move in this current state. Don't you guys to go, you know what? Let's keep the focus on that. Let's not bring any kind of negative attention in and stuff like that. Do you agree? I think he made the right move. Yeah, I think you do. He, he played the right move in terms of, of satisfying, I think multiple parties in this where, yeah. yes, you don't want to punish the daily developers where if enough people in the industry think their games are good enough that they should be nominated and of course if, especially if they win right for those awards uh that they shouldn't receive something um on the flip side yeah i don't think like you know bobby kodak or vincent or not vincent pella but um mike yabara uh right now probably need to be on a stage cutting it up with jeff Keeley or you know any of the folks at the diablo teams or anything to do with blizzard right um and it's not to say that everyone there is a terrible person it's just like if the moment those people come on stage that's that's the story and that's they're not supposed to be the story that night it's supposed to be about the folks who made these great games could you see a it it won't happen do you think in good taste could you see a spot run during a commercial break no. That is an, op- an open letter from somebody at Blizzard Activision. It the only one I could see is is like that group of employees. That would be the only thing. Yeah, something like that could be in good taste, right? Yeah, but I don't know if or he would do it. Good, yeah, I don't know if Keeley would do it just because. <clears throat> again, yeah, yeah. You you have to think about three four years from now. There's a likelihood that you will have something from Activision Blizzard, and you know Keeley probably doesn't want to box himself into a place where they cut him off from anything in the future too. So he kind of gave the respectful out. Yeah. He knows like soon it's only going to be a Diablo like mobile game. So he's good. John, you think he learned, um, from calling out Konami like, like he did a few years ago. You think this is an extension of that? No. Cause I don't think he cared as much about Konami. Because Konami is, if we're just being <clears throat> fair, especially in <clears throat> modern video games, Konami is this and Activision is this, you know, and for those at home, I'm doing a terrible thing. I, I basically said Konami is a small fish in a pond, whereas Activision <clears throat> Blizzard is a whale in an ocean. That's just the truth of things. I think Activision Blizzard is going to be a part of the conversation at the Game Awards, mm. whether Keeley wants it or not. Because Possible. I think that I think that recipients of awards are going to go up there and go. This award for this award is de- dedicated to the unheard. This award is dedicated to this and this. But I think I think Activision Blizzard will be a highly politicized topic during the awards. I hope it's not. I think it will be, for better or worse. Mm-hmm. I think people other than Jeff Keeley are going to find when they're given the platform, when they're given the microphone on the stage, they're going to make those types of statements. You can almost guarantee it. True. That's not a judgment. That's not a criticism. I'm just saying Keeley won't have, Keeley only has control over what he endorses, what they nominate, that kind of thing. 
but it'll I'm it'll show itself on stage from a live I, i've i've got to do live productions before and be a part of the planning <clears throat> and every time somebody gets a mic they go off script and that's that opportunity where <clears throat> someone's in front of a mic that's live they're going to have that 10 15 seconds to say something and it's out of everybody's hands well, they can hit a mute button or a dump button if, if there's anyone who knows all about that, it's Chef Keeley. I mean, he's been there when Joseph yeah. Ferris is pretty much ridiculed whoever he feels like ridiculing at the moment. So yeah. he's been there, but I think he's willing to accept a Joseph Ferris versus him Dude, going, you know. You didn't even know. mean to do it, but the way you said ridicule reminded me of a spell in Harry Potter. That should have been one of my surprises. Like, it's going to be... Harry Potter? Yeah, it could be. Yeah, yeah, man. I missed that one. Well, speaking of surprises, though, of the negative kind. In the negative connotation. Yes. Yes, yes indeed. We continue the uh, Activision discussion. Activision Blizzard has laid off, quote, at least a dozen quality assurance contractors from the Call of Duty studio Raven Software as part of a restructuring effort at the studio. According to Washington Post, current employees have confirmed that more, quote, will be informed over the next few days if they have been laid off too, end quote. In response to this, members of the team have announced plans to walk out and demand that the laid off employees return and are offered full-time positions. Quote, in response to the events of Friday, the Raven QA team and other members of Raven staff will be walking out with a singular demand. Every member of the QA team, including those terminated on Friday, must be offered full-time positions, end quote. The Raven QA team further emphasized that all team members laid off were, quote, in good standing, end quote, and had not committed any, quote, fireable offenses. According to a statement from Activision, quote, Activision Publishing is growing its overall investment in its development and operations resources. We are converting approximately 500 temporary workers to full-time employees in the coming months. Unfortunately, as part of this change, we also have notified 20 temporary workers across studios that their contracts would not be extended in quote man activision is not even allowed to fart wrong these days yeah uh, and, and that's you may have thought I, I i hope i can say this in a way john did um i they can't john said it they can't fart and and this isn't even the worst thing that can be done but everything's got a spotlight on it now this is business as usual Yes, but you can't conduct business as usual in, in under their circumstances. Right. I would agree. Like, <laughs> I, I, I mean, look, I if you're agree. if you're just being honest about how it is to be in QA, it sucks because it's it's pretty much like this. You're a contractor, and pretty much at any point you you're gonna get treated like dog. As you're going to be cut at any moment for regardless of how your work actually is. Um, and that's just the way it is. So I don't have a problem with the Raven QA team banding together and demanding more right going forward. Um, I doubt they have the, that they're willing to go to the level where they're all going to say no and just keep boycotting it right to where it will be effective. But I also get why you would do this right now, which is, as you said, is like probably the one time you can actually like highlight something. And because Activision is such deep, uh, as as well, uh, yeah, elsewhere that, uh, you could maybe get some compassion around your movement. So I applaud the effort. I'm sure it's not going to work in any way meaningful, but you know, yeah, sucks to be in QA. I don't, I I'm going to split the, I'm going to 
split it here. I I don't applaud it. Um, but I don't either. Um, under the circumstances, mm-hmm. I mean, I half expect in the next coming weeks if Activision changes the vending machines to have Welch's grape juice instead of Sunkissed, they're going to do a walkout. I mean, but those that's are the two. Kind of, come on, that's that's to okay, me no offense. Chris, that's that's Chris, sarcasm. Chris, I'm being glib purposefully. Yes, yes, okay. Yeah. Uh, you need to understand that. But <laughs> consider the place where you work currently. And they dismiss 20 contractors. Mm-hmm. Do you see any employees going to walk out over that? No, but I also Why? think that probably Why? says something to the state of the business. There, there you go. Yeah. But, but I'm making that glib point because I think walking out over 20 dismissals that are, that are contractors is a, is, is in normal circumstances, a frivolous reason to walk out like that. And companies would have more empowerment and probably would mm-hmm. fire employees who would do so. Yeah. That's my only point. I would say, I think my point here is it's not just Activision in this. Like that, I do want to reiterate this. This is an issue that is not just Activision. This has been a thing that goes on in the game industry. And we talked about it not too long ago. Like about like I think it was one week Sean was off where me and you had a really good conversation. I thought about it and everything. And I just think you have this circumstance of people who get strung along. You're like, oh, you should be so privileged to be working in games and all that. I'm like, no, honestly, is an industry where most people are treated pretty badly. And no matter what level you're at, you can just be let go. And you don't start the change unless you, I think, start from the bottom personally. So Don't that's you why dare I say be the change you want to see. <laughs> no, no, I'm not going to say it, but I mean, the space is on an Obama poster, but, uh, I just personally believe like I- I'm for people fighting for more, you know, mm-hmm. and this is how you start it. And yeah, they're probably not going to win this, but that's how it is. Yeah. Like we shouldn't be knocking these guys just cause they're QA. Cause yeah, they're probably young guys that are trying to work and get up in the industry. And it kind of sucks to go and say, I'm working QA at, you know, Activision in hopes that I can move up and you get cut off, not because of the fact that the company's profits are so terrible that they can't afford you. That's not true. It's just more about bottom line. If anything, uh, you know, as far as dividends, if why they would be doing it, it's not because you've got bad performance, right? They did their jobs and they did them to the best of their ability. It's probably not even because these people aren't willing to put in ample amount of time. It's just that this is the way the industry is. You, you know, <clears throat> there's sometimes people, when they see an opportunity, they they kind of either say it or their actions kind of go towards. This is an opportunity. Get, this is an opportunity. I got to get mine. That kind of mindset. I mm-hmm. feel like this move is more angled at that because of the things we've laid out. Mm-hmm. Contractors know they're contracted. It literally is in their effing name. Sure. So uh, if you want to not be a contractor. No, they go don't get have another. It, go it's, get another job. It's always easy to say that. No, it's and, not. And that that, that, that is that. like to me the the biggest excuse. Why are you taking up for contractors right now? Well, no, I just think it's like the biggest excuse of how things are. Well, if you want this, you go. And I'm like, it's not always easy. That's the thing I would tell people. I'm like, it's not always easy to just pick yourself up <laughs> and go. Oh, I'm going to move across the country, or oh, I'm going to go into a completely different industry. And the sad part is, what you see is. No dog in various parts of gaming, not just here at the lowest level, but more so I would say developers 
you see people who give years of service to this and kind of get left high out to dry with really nothing to show for it. And what do they have to end up doing after years of it? They eventually get to a point where they go, okay, yeah, fine. I give in. I will try to go to a different industry and just sucks. I I think it's laid out best here. Uh, John's in it for unions. Uh, Chris is in it for contractors and Sean just wants pizza delivered. That's I mean, good. it, it may, that's the line right there. It makes sense. Two things dichotomy. Um, yeah. Hashtag, the, the control, fact. hashtag fact. The controversy is not going to end mm. with, with Activision and it's, it's ongoing issues. And I, I, I mean, with all of it said, I don't think it should, it, it's got to get to a head if it hasn't already. And things have to kind of get right so the spotlight comes off of them, but it's ultimately up to them. Um, and I told you today, I was like, dang it. Uh, I want to, I think I want to play World of Warcraft. And it's not because of anything but talking to people, mm-hmm. some strangers, some friends that reminded me that, you know what, F those guys that were pieces of crap. We play WoW because we play wow and the community and bonds we make as players. Uh, and, and then that's, that's kind of, it's kind of hit me different than it has. And you guys know, I haven't been playing. We didn't buy Diablo. Chris and I didn't, John didn't either. I don't know if his wife did. Uh, I quit playing. Wow. I turned it off. Um, yeah. Stuff like that. And it's, you know, and then, and then the joke was the devil, Bobby Kodak's laughing and he throws something back in wow and draws me back to it. But, I bet Activision's over here going, can you please finish Diablo uh, (laughs) 4? For the love of Pete. Uh, But we are at a point, Chris, where I say that it's the final news piece of the week. You stop me, you hit a button, and you do a thing. Finally, this week. So the game that's going to win all the awards on Thursday um, is trademarking a claim. That's right. It takes two. Wait, what? Take-Two Interactive has hit Hazel Light Studios' game, It Takes Two, with a trademark claim. What? Which has apparently forced Hazel Light to abandon ownership of the game's name. This is nuts. The company has yet to to comment on the dispute, but hopes the situation can be resolved after it wins the game of the year. Take-Two Interactive has also filed trademark claims for words like Rockstar, Social Club, Mafia and civilization, which all have connections to current properties. This reminds me of the time that um, Paris Hilton tried to trademark. That's hot. Yeah. It's just like, why, why do you get to own the phrase mafia? I mean, for all we know, Scorsese's got, got a one up on that one. It's like, it's like, if you use mafia, you you, Scorsese can't, Can't well, make any movies anymore. <laughs> they've made the point like where with Rockstar, even even though they've trademarked it, right? They're not going after Rockstar energy drinks. You know, and why? Because that's because a, Rockstar Energy Drink well is owned by a very big company. <laughs> right. <laughs> that could easily fight the litigation, right? And make your life hell. Um, yeah. I hate this part of it. It's just it sounds like the business I've things going like, well, we should claim this because, you know, dollars as opposed to just someone stepping back and be like, this is going to make us look bad. And it's not like we're talking about, there was a different one they had that they were going against. That was, um, a straight up reference out of GTA, like 
I can't remember the name of the company. It was like some t-shirt company or whatever. And I totally understand that because you're playing off their property, right? Um, kind of like how Nintendo and shuts down a lot of things too that play off its stuff where you're like, hey, you're protecting Mario, right? Um, people can understand this, but I don't think there was one person who played It Takes Two and the first thought of them was, yes, Take Two Interactive. That's obviously what this game is about. It's about it takes <laughs> it takes two interactive and how great a company they are and how they give us Rockstar and NBA 2K. That's that's what I'm thinking about when I do this. It's just them trying to make money. Sucks. I mean, well, that's why that's why Sean and I are working on a game called Fantastic Sibling <laughs> Brother Melee. <laughs> right. But this is like sometimes uh, you read a story and you're like, "Am I reading the Babylon Bee?" <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> or the Onion, because that's what this seems like sometimes. You imagine, uh, <clears throat> like a calendar, Susus. For the word weekly, yeah, and then some, and then and then some like Monopoly uses for game and trademarks it. We're done. We're down to just chat, bro. Well, we need to start looking, you know, doing searches of weekly on the podcast to see who we're going to sue every week. Dude, money. Let's get rich, John. You want to? Yeah, just you and we, me. We Chris could is, literally, dude. Chris has got his revenue dude, stream, dude. Balling, dude. I mean, look at that microphone. Ballin'. <laughs> Joe Rogan called. He'd like his mic back, Chris. While I'm over look here that, rocking. Look the, at that Xbox fridge sitting behind right. him. You know he, he is he rolling. Should be a text. Look what I got in the buggy. <laughs> First of all, man, this was the last piece, and he just walked out. Yeah, well, we we carried it. It's fine. <laughs> He's gonna wrap it up or ask us about that in a minute. We'll be good to go. Yeah, I do want to say real quick. Thursday night, if Joseph Ferris wins an award in relation to this. I hope he does similar what he said about the Academy Awards if he gets up there. I because Joseph Fair, we we will both all or all of us here will agree to this. F-take that man two. does not care what you think and does not care how lawyers feel about him saying things or what Jeff Keeley is going to think. That man will get on stage and if he wants to say something, he's going to say it. I think we would Red all Dead Redemption 2 is trash. Right. And GTA 5 is the most overrated game on the planet. Right. He'll he does not care. And where's the force of love? <laughs> right. Uh but anyways, um do you guys want to wrap this up? Never. Just to be safe. I didn't even play the song. I just asked you. So you know what? <clears throat> play the song for a minute. Now I got to put the song on for a minute, but you know, we are going to wrap this up and it is John. I think what you, what did you, what did you just say? I'm not sure he knows what he said. I think it's going to be safe. That's just my thoughts. Electronic mail from the future. Let's get it. All the way from the year 3000. Uh, Ladies and gentlemen, that was a birth of a new bit that John now has to do every email. So Tone Loke called. He just uh, put a claim in for the term, let's get it. Ooh. Can I do this? 
I want to do this first email. Yeah, uh, if you want to go first, let me remind everybody this is the uh, part of the show where we read, we read your emails, we talk about uh, your actions that you do to us when we're on our social media, Twitter, and stuff like that. We mentioned our Discord, so we do lead off with emails. And if you want to get into the show, it's weeklygameschat at gmail dot com, just like the one Chris is about to read. <sighs> this is gonna be terrible. Hey guys, hey, I've been listening to your channel since the beginning. One things I've noticed is the lack of MMO news you put on the show. I was curious why the MMO stuff gets left out. Unless it's something negative, keep up the good work and game on. That's from, uh, we'll just say it's from a guy whose first name is Ryan and last name Leaf. First off, game on. Game on, sir. Well, I can say, um, and Sean, you can attest to this. Chris doesn't let you cover MMO games. It, it really, that adds to the narrative of the email. But we have discussed World of Warcraft. Bullshit. Josh has been on discussing World of Warcraft. Um, I've talked Destiny, which some people say is a junior MMO. It's definitely more more towards MMO mindset now. I mean, we, we've given it its fair share. I mean, we talked about, we we, talked about New World. News. Yeah, we talked, talked about, about New, New World. World. Talked about Valheim. Talked about. Well, Valheim's not MMO. Is it not? It's no. more of an RPG. It, you you can multiplayer. just you can host a server for yourself with your friends, but it's not MMO. But it's not a traditional MMO. Yeah. You um, guys don't ever correct me. Like see, John, an MMO is. I would. <laughs> I, 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 you know, you know, Sean. What I would say, if we had someone that was playing the new Final Fantasy fourteen expansion, they were reliable and wanted to come on and talk about it for, you know, 30 to 40 minutes, I would totally yeah. be down at some point early next year having them on for an episode, and I think you two would be too. I would too. But yeah. I mean, there is some criteria. We need like a video game t-shirt, a sporting shirt. We need a, a Marvel shirt. a, a Marvel least. shirt, a button-up. Presentable, right? Shirt. Uh, yeah. And stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if we and can a have decent, any... A, a decent mic to talk into. I don't know if we can put up with anyone who's got lizards in their background. So he would have to work on that too. Lizards. That's hard. But right. I think, you know, I think we're always looking for that MMO correspondent. We, we have a Pokemon correspondent. We need an MMO correspondent. And you know? Josh Dalton's writing in right now. <laughs> Just woke up. <laughs> what, what happened? All right. But John, you want to read another one? Yeah. Let's go with, uh, Let's see. Yeah, you're gonna Do scan I them. The huh? I can say you're the names, gonna, right? You're just gonna scan it. Well, if well, I usually quick, open see it at the bottom then... to say thanks, and then they may give you the name they want to t- tell you. Okay. Yeah. So this one is hello, boys. Hello. Hey guys. Second time writing in, but who's counting, right? Anyways, great job on the stream last week. And by the way, even though my name is spelled Joan, it's actually pronounced Yoan. Yoan or Yoan? I apologize if I'm Yoan. The Y is. <clears throat> a J. Yeah, that's cool. My parents decided to name me that 38 years ago after a Spanish singer. And mm. now that I live in the U.S., I get to have uh, the enjoyment of pamphlets to check for breast cancer <laughs> once a year. Okay. <laughs> also, can't wait to be in my s- 60s and probably mostly <laughs> deaf as, as I miss my doctor's appointments because they keep asking for Miss Joan as I'm sitting. Right here. Oh, uh, okay, okay. He's getting because he's not Joan. He's Joan. Yeah, and he's he he's doesn't not, need yeah. a breast screening. Got and, it now. 
We're with you. Yeah. We're slow. But it's funny. We were like, okay, this is taking a turn. And you're like, where's it going to recover? Where's it going? I'm so glad I got this one. I have too. Recently started Metroid Dread. And what a fantastic trip it is. It actually made me get a few other Metroidvanias. And I'm loving it. I've noticed, though, that a lot of indies and smaller developers still have amazing soundtracks. And a lot of AAA titles do not. I will... Mm. Say I stopped in my tracks with the tech demo for Astro's Playroom when I heard I'm your GPU. <laughs> they even included the lyrics behind a breakable wall in the level. What a treat. Yes. To this day, I still enjoy and oftentimes listen to soundtracks of games <coughs> from my childhood and my favorites. Without question is uh, Simon's theme. Yeah. In Super Castlevania 4. That's an awesome song. What is your favorite game soundtrack and what game has had that effect on you recently? Especially want to know DJ Money's answer. Keep up Mm. the good work, boys. Can't wait until VGA Awards. Maybe another Metroid? Let's hope. A guy can only dream. Yeah, my answer's not gonna... It's gonna be terrible, possibly, but these games are known for making amazing music and... Just um, Dance 2022. <laughs> Featuring BTS. No, um, so I, I do actually, this is kind of a callback to the previous email. I do love the MMO RPG. Mm. Um, and one that is quite solid is Final Fantasy 14 Online. That soundtrack is amazing. It has a pre-impact or meteor, I'm sorry, and a post-meteor soundtrack fantastic i love the music in every part of world of warcraft and i also love as far as video games go pick a zelda game and i'm down yeah um it's gonna have somebody's theme in it and it's gonna be delightful uh to this day i listen to a lo-fi uh kind of a remix channel of zelda music mm-hmm. so there you go i gave you three answers i hope that's sufficient one of my favorite tracks of all time from a video game is called Twilight's Over Thanaland, and that's from Final Fantasy fourteen. Mm. So there you go. Um, for me, my favorite soundtrack, I think I've gone the record of saying this before, but just to reiterate, uh, Mass Effect 2, I think is just one of the greatest soundtracks out there ever made. Um, and if <clears throat> I had to pick one song, though, I think, or I should say the best theme I think is the main theme from Halo. I, I just every time I hear those, amazing, right? Every time I hear those dudes doing their vocal thing, going, "I can't do that," I uh, I get chills, and I just know Master Chief's about to come at him again. Well, like I, if we're going straight themes, I would have to go Zelda's theme. Hmm. It's classic. Any game they do it, uh, or a fairy fountain. Like, so does the fairy fountain have a theme? If it does, that's awesome too. John? Um, my all-time I gotta give I gotta give him props for the Super Castlevania 4 soundtrack. Um one of the things you can say definitely that 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 the Super NES had over the Sega Genesis was sound quality. Um and Metroid uh, Metroid. Um Super Castlevania 4 was one of the first games that came out on the system that really showed that. Simon's theme from Super Castlevania 4 is an amazing track when you're when you're fighting through the first level. Got to give him props for that observation. My all-time favorite um my all-time favorite piece of music from a game is Ezio's Family from Assassin's Creed 2. Oh yeah. Um it just I've I'd never it's the first time I'd ever heard music in a way that you hear something from Hans Zimmer 
when right. he puts when he puts music to a movie. I was like, wow, people are starting to, it's, I'm sure that it's, I, I'm, I'm certain that it happened prior to this, but it's like, I heard the, the Assassin's Creed two soundtrack and I thought, man, they're really, ta- they're, they're really taking music seriously <laughs> in video games. Yeah. So that's uh, a what, what I like about this question is you started getting some stuff from the chat. <clears throat> uh, and I did get a correction. Zelda is not Zelda's theme. It's Zelda's lullaby. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. I love it. Uh, Acid was talking to his brother. And they talked about the pause music from a game called Goldeneye 007. Oh man, there was a good there was a good TikTok of that the other day, where they were like, "Okay, we just need something low key for this pause music," and then the guy just shows them as he's composing, and they're like, you know, jaw dropping, just how great it is. Yeah, and is is a solid theme. And our good friend that we joked about, he sent the first email. Uh, Mike, we also used to call him Ryan Leaf, but he fixed that. But he he pointed out there was a load screen to a game, SOCOM 2. The lo- the, uh, the, sorry, the title screen, that music was so inspiring. I was ready to put on my night vision goggles, gear up, and go drop some bodies. That's what's up. For the record, I may have downloaded uh, I'm Your GPU, and we will see if it makes the music episode. Nice. Nice. I'm going to read the next email down since we're doing that. Uh, and it's from uh, Higgs. So it says, hey, guys. What up, Higgs? What up? Uh, hey, guys. It's been a while since my last email, but I just wanted to say again, what a great podcast. Thank you, buddy. Yeah. Never even think about getting rid of old man chat, please. See, John, there is one. <laughs> uh, as a fellow member of the aging gaming community, I understand and uh, share many of i gotta zoom in because i have on glasses <laughs> and because, as a fellow member of the agent gaming community perfect time to zoom in i understand and share many of the issues with getting older also thank you guys for the info and response to my last email about what headset to buy for my ps5 i stumbled into a stealth 700 mm. uh got to or get to uh, it is comfortable and actually fits my rather large dome i own one of those too and yes it does I'm thinking about expanding my memory on my PS5 and have two questions for you guys on that. Which SSD do you recommend? My pick was WD Black or a Fire Cuda. And do you think the prices on the SSDs will go down over time? Let's answer that real quick because he has another question. I was going to say the WD Black, the one that's made and on the box says for PS5. Best Buy has it for right around $100 right now, <clears throat> which is fantastic for a price. I am sure either will be fine. Yeah, and those two, I think, specifically are listed by PlayStation as supported. If you do plan on upgrading, like like Higgs, your internal hard drive, make sure you get one that is it meets the requirements for sure. Mm. Uh, and do you think the prices... Uh, sorry, last question. Is if any of you fellas have played Mortal Shell or recommend it? Well, uh, thanks, guys, for the great podcast. Thank you for listening. Game on Higgs 88. Game on Higgs. Uh, P.S. Could you guys send me a link to your Discord? Yes, I'll give you that info uh, soon because you said you don't use Twitter, and that's understandable. So, Chris, you said you downloaded Mortal Shell. Is that the one that you got on Games Pass? I did. Um, and I <laughs> and remember it was terrible. Well, I remember it coming out earlier this year on PC, and everyone going like, "Ooh, yeah! If you if you want some Dark Souls vibes, this is something for you, right?" And um, I gave it a shot, and as soon as I started, I was just like, I don't like the gimmick. Like, it has a very unique gimmick that is different from these, which is 
you actually have a mortal shell that you can use to block things, but it's it's like I can't just hold up a shield, right? And I don't like the dodge mechanic from what I've seen from it, so I have to be honest, I just I put it right down and I haven't given more than maybe 15 minutes. Maybe I'm missing out. I wouldn't be the first to admit that I am, you know, if that's the case. But those kind of games, I feel like you got to grab me right away. And it <laughs> grab me. Yeah. So. <clears throat> All right. We got one more email. Then we'll pivot over to Discord. I got one there. So uh, if one of you two want to read the one from we have left. All right. Here we go. Matt. This is a pretty, this is going to get us talking. I got to <laughs> go potty and I'll be back. Hey, boys. Hey, what's going on? <clears throat> I employ a couple of hundred employees in my multiple companies. Ooh. Nice. Right? I told you we have, we have our, our listeners. We have money, DJ money. We, we have real money. We're fancy. Uh, each position comes with a wage range that is specific to the position based on market pressures. Each employee gets a starting wage on this established spectrum based on skills, expertise, and experience. Two employees doing the same job rarely get paid exactly the same because every person is different. I employ probably 95% women, and women tend to be the highest paid in my companies, but that is just because they do a better job and climb the wage scale. That's awesome. Uh, I may be wrong, but I don't think there is a ton of sexism in the workplace, and that might be my impression because that's my world. I think the female wage gap has a lot to do with childbearing and rearing, which pushes women's careers behind at least one year for each child they have comparatively to a male. I think often disgruntled employees want to explain a situation and point fingers when sometimes there's just no easy way to air explanation or because the explanation is that the other employee is simply more performing in the eyes of the employer. Most employees tend to be self-centered and unaware of their comparative uh, competencies. Uh, this is why we tend to hide. Uh, rem- ah, remunerate. I can't say that word, John. Sorry. Can you help me there? If you're up. Um, re- remuneration. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I suck at these words sometimes. Uh, <clears throat> details of each employee from the group. The population in general is not, quote, mature enough to be able to self-evaluate and understand why they might be paid less than a coworker. There's a lot of jealousy, which becomes a problem over time uh, as the employees become disgruntled. If the CEOs in your story had to pay the same, then then maybe the guy should have taken a pay cut. It's not right to force a raise for someone with less experience on the company just because of sex or race. It's that's pretty close to blackmail in the mind and quote, Matt, Matt. Um, thank you for that. That was, that was interesting. And I, I do agree. There are a number of industries and I, I think it's cool that you definitely seem to reward based on performance above all else, which I think a lot of people would say is what their number one goal is. I could tell you personally, um, I have a sister in an industry very close to that. Isn't far off. I mean, it's technology where, she could tell you, despite the fact that she's been a great worker, and I can vouch for her on this, that she has been held back by it for a number of years. She says it's getting better, but this is someone also who very much is with you, believes in the market, and believes very much in the person who does the most work should get the most reward and reap the most, right? Um, I 
I think this is an interesting thing because we're not talking about basic level employees. We're talking about, as John said last week, the C-suite, right? The executives and all that. And it's a little bit different there. Um, and <clears throat> I don't know. Uh, that's a hard thing. My argument, I guess last week was just more so optics wise. They should have just folded and said, fine, we asked them to do this. Then let's just go ahead and own up to it versus what they did. Um, that said, I would still say Jen O'Neill deserved to be paid as much as Matt Yabara because guess what? Matt Yabara has never ran a video game development studio and she has. And I can tell you who have been running their studios there at Blizzard. It would have not been Matt Yabara. He probably would have been on the development side as far as tech and Jen O'Neill <clears throat> would have been running Blizzard. But that's just me. Thoughts, prayers, anything? Else? I, I while John's kind of collecting his, I, I just wanted to thank you personally for that email. Mm-hmm. It was a definite unique take on a position that we don't have. Uh, I want to congratulate you on your success. Uh, you obviously know how to compose an email very nicely. <clears throat> I appreciate it. I appreciate you taking the time out and giving us that information. It's it's like he runs a company or something. It's it's like you run a company <laughs> or something, uh, which is uh, amazing. Uh, yeah, so John, are you composed? You ready to say something? Well, a lot of the things he says comes from the perspective of someone who's actually running, doing the work and managing the personnel, mm-hmm. which 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 is a far more valuable perspective uh than anything I can offer, but you know, he he he's one of those people that no none of the none of, nobody ever really asks, mm-hmm. which is unfortunate. Um because, you know, you know he mentions the wage gap um, and it's just, it's just a big topic of conversation, or at least it was a few years back, um, that when you asked any reputable economist, they'd say, this is not, this is not what people make it out to be. I mean, the fact is a wage gap exists. The reality is why, mm-hmm. you know, and, and, and that goes to different, like, you know, men make work, men work on average 45 hours a week. Um, women work an average of 41 or some stat like that. Women value um, work-life balance more than men do. I mean, there's a lot of that stuff that can be explained that brings the wage gap down to a matter of one or two cents as opposed to 25 cents as the, as the stat uh, reads. But, you know, the guy's insight is, is, is interesting because he's, he's down there doing it. And I got to get, you know, I, <laughs> I, I, I would want the money, but I would never want to do the job of managing personnel and, 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 you know, owning multiple companies. So <laughs> hats off to you, uh, my friend. <laughs> so For sure. That actually uh, concludes emails <clears throat> on the weekly game chat at gmail.com email that we're going to read this week. Uh, if you notice, once again, we're giving you a pretty meaty show. You're welcome. It's that's what we do. Uh, real quick over on Discord, there is an email that I must read before I, I highlight some things over on Twitter. And it comes from uh, Acid Sugar, who says uh, in a question form, when will at Acid Sugar and at Spooky <laughs> play MHR, which stands for a Monster Hunter Rise, John? The man, people must know. Acid, I'm so sorry. I'm an I'm such an old man. And to be perfectly honest... Georgia losing um, 
<laughs> I might I might put on a smiling face, but that that loss tore me up. I did not I did not want to I was in a you can ask my wife. Your, your wife. wife? I was in a crabby mood during the game and the remainder of that weekend. It was horrible. That that loss was horrible for me. And I just wasn't in the mood to do anything. But I hear you. I desperately want to play. But Acid, my, my worry is, and he's listening to this now, my worry is that I haven't played it in so long. I've completely forgotten how to do it. That's the way. And, and Sean, you can, attest, you can attest to that being a Monster Hunter fan. Yeah, wait. Seemed, that, that strikes one? me as the kind of game, if you don't play it for a while, Oh, it's got to be you your have game. No idea how to. Play. You got to be in the grind. You got to be killing monsters. Yes. You got to be getting armor. It's a whole deal. Yeah. Uh, speaking of games, real quick, it, this just broke. I think. Yeah. Game Informer <laughs> is saying that the review is in for Halo nine point two five voice. Yeah, that's good. That that's is good. very good. Uh, quick question, Acid. Are you uh, just out of curiosity? When this comes out, when Monster Hunter comes out on PC, are you moving to PC? I, I would love to know that. Or have you already done too much work on the Switch version to want to start over? Anyway, he can answer that when he feels like it. Yeah. Or he can DM me, whatever he wants. Oh, not DM. <clears throat> Slip in. That, that's what's slide up. In. <laughs> Speaking of DMs, we're going to pivot over to Twitter. So we're at, um, on Twitter at Weekly Games Chat. We got a couple of mentions. Uh, first, uh, we've got one that was from Izzy Curse at Izzy Curse Weekly Games Chat. I look forward to listening to you guys every week. Uh, ever since I found your Scarlet Nexus episode. Hey. Uh, even went back. back to just to listen to older episodes <laughs> from 2017. Nice. Um, <clears throat> at Weekly Games Chat, to my number one podcast of 2021. This is from at Mike True. Uh, thank you for keeping me company on Spotify all year long. That's right. We're even on Spotify, folks. What's up? Uh, at Cal uh, the Girl. Uh, got any Nintendo Switch game recommendations for the holidays? Uh, yeah. I said Metroid Dread. That was what I replied to, and I would love to hear your thoughts and prayers on that, John. Chris? Um, <laughs> Chris. Go, Chris. <laughs> yeah, Chris. Um, Animal Crossing. There's a, yeah, there's a Super Mario Odyssey, um, Breath of the Wild. Which is the last game he played on um, Switch. Yeah. Uh, there's Mario Kart. Uh, there's Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. Um I think a lot of people Skyward seem to, Sword, Chris. That was one from this year. I think a lot of people seem to think that um that Mario Golf game isn't too bad. Um, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. There's uh John, we need to play that too. F Monster Hunter. Apparently, there's if no- you like Pokemon, there's a new Pokemon. <laughs> um that's on I think I'm out of stuff. Or you yeah. just play John, give them some real answers. Play some old stuff. Skyward Sword is a nice holiday game. Yes. Um one to one to really enjoy. Um they're a little older, but you know, I really love the Paper Mario game. Uh, I really love Luigi's Mansion. Um, that Toad game. What is it? Treasure Tracker. Treasure, Treasure Tracker. Tracker. Yeah, that is a great one. Wonderful little game. Uh, Mario plus Rabbits. Uh, wonderful little game. Tons of good stuff. And and you're even. Um, what was it? Oh, shoot, I can't remember right now. But. Um, Dang. <laughs> Old man chat. I just blanked out. Um, but hopefully you can get some uh, recommendations from that. So finally, uh, we got a from at Pirate Bender, a John, I'm sorry. Roll Tide, boys. Roll Tide. Roll Tide, sir. Uh, let's go back to our home. Let's see if we have any new followers. I oh, Sean, I'm sorry. Uh, another yeah. recommendation. 
and I think this is a very overlooked title this year, is uh, Bowser's Fury. Oh, is yeah. Really, that was something. the one that came with the remake of or the yes. re-release of Mario 3D. It's a small, it's a small scale, it's a small scale 3D Mario game. It is excellent. It really is excellent. So, so no, no, not you. No, that was you're oh. you're good. You're good. <laughs> uh, so just to kind of remind you guys, uh, that's going to be it for Twitter. Uh, if you want to reach out to an email to us, weeklygameschat at gmail.com. I just told you about our Twitter at weekly game chat nice and easy we have a pinned tweet to get over to discord if you want to or you can email us like we had a listener do and i sent uh you know information to join our discord hopefully see you soon Uh, but this has been episode 335 we hope you had a good time if you didn't but you want to join us on twitch.tv backslash weekly games chat wherever you get your uh your podcast give us a like tell your friends about us we appreciate you very much tune into the game awards thursday uh and maybe watch us watch with us uh at this point i'll ask the boys if they have anything else if not game on to chris and game on to john game on john and game on sean game on chris game on sean (laughs) peace out everybody your mom's box thug life Hi, I'm Chris Penwell from ActiveQuest. And I'm Joseph Yaden. We are a video game podcast that takes a deep dive into the news, covering the latest gaming trends and stories pertaining to the industry. We also do our best to cover the most recent games and like to have an ongoing discussion with the audience. You can contact us on Twitter at ActiveQuestShow or via email at ActiveQuestPodcast at gmail.com. Please leave us a review on iTunes if you like what you hear. You can also find us on Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, and Google Play. We appreciate you listening, everyone. And now, on to the show.